tuned in to Bars and Hoops Radio. Where the world of hip-hop and sports live. Union Square, I was dead. Yo, it's still the great. Hot and Dash, let's fight. Zah, let's argue. Let's get loose, yo, I number two pencil my bars When it comes to hoops, I play the four or five with the drive of a guard Tournaments with hood stars, they pay the ref a couple of yards To throw the game with an offensive charge On the bench, it was a firing squad, wasn't having it They turned the championship to something hazardous Some players just never made it out, they died by the dots By the foul line, the empty Glock, the game shot clock I know ghetto fiasco, now I'm the truth like the magic lasso King of the castle, and Queens, I got a team of jackals LT with the tackle, graffiti on the scaffold Ball head with my shadow, rocking the giant afro Big East with the stats, a triple threat Southpaw rip through your press with a pinch of finesse Before I lay up, I try to bang it on them, rip the net Bars and hoops, step your game up, we winning, who got next? What up, what up, what up, y'all? Bars and hoops, stills the great Pop the bearded one Let's get it. That's where. Two piece. Zai Flair. Yo, yo. And DJ JLJ on the ones and twos. We are Bars and Hoops Radio, fellas. Another week. A lot of drama. A lot to cover. You know what I mean? We definitely going to cover some NBA. We definitely going to cover a little bit of the NFL. We definitely going to cover some NBA. And we got a special invited guest today, by the way, of boxing. His name is Otto Wellen, and our brother Desway is going to conduct that interview. But to set things off, man, we're going to start off with the NBA, man. And Steven Jackson, man, he's been making a lot of headlines, man. So, J.O.J. and Zob, man, set it off with the uh, Steven Jackson situation. Talk to the people. Man, uh, okay, this is crazy because uh, half of the protests you see on TV is, is the reason for what we're about to explain to you guys. Steven Jackson's longtime friend, a.k.a his brother from another mother, George Floyd, was um, allegedly going into the store, into a local deli. He allegedly tried to pay the worker with a counterfeit $20 bill. Therefore, he called he called the um, police on him. Yeah. So the police came, uh, Derek, Derek, uh, what's this guy's name? I just forgot it. I just forgot it. Uh, Derek and three other officers came they confronted. They confronted George Chauvin. Chauvin, thank you. They confronted. They confronted George, and um, you know, they made a big stink about him resisting arrest and going crazy. But the innocent, but but people were there that had their phones out, and it shows that George didn't put up a fight at all. Matter of fact, they showed George can completely comply with their with their demands. They showed George walking out the car and sitting on the sidewalk just like he was ordered to do. The whole time while they saying he was resisting arrest. Now, what they didn't think that we that we would see was that they walked George around the corner into another car and, and proceeded to beat on him mm. inside, yeah, inside of the car. Wow. And they proceeded to beat on him. That footage, that footage didn't come out uh, at first. It just came out the other day. Wow. They proceeded to beat on him, which then because I'm sitting back and I'm watching and I'm saying. Well, if they show him sitting on the sidewalk, how does he end 
in the street on the other side of the car. Mm. That's because they walked in the car. They walked around the corner to the other car, put him in the car and beat him. And then he got out on that side, on the side where the street was at. Mm. So they, you know, the, the uh, people walked around the corner and they, and they, that's when the cameras came out. You got three officers on this guy, on his legs, one on his back, and of course, one on his neck with his knee. You know what I'm saying? This is, and, and, um, the so-called autopsy report says there's no signs of strangulation, but you can still cut off a person's oxygen. 100%. Brain, you know, and this and this is part of the reason why they were screaming to let him go. He's screaming he can't breathe. They're making fun of him saying, well, how could you talk if you can breathe, if you can't breathe? And then this is what we got today. You know what I'm saying? It's like right on camera. The guy shows no remorse at all. And, and He's been charged with murder, but let's see what how that stands. Murder in the third degree, which to me is like pretty much nothing, and they're trying to bump it down to manslaughter, which I have a, a major problem with. Yeah. Nah, nah, you gotta you gotta look at it from a certain point of view. If they go murder one, there's a good chance they won't get it because what's murder one by definition? It won't uh, murder uh, with, with full intent, right? Murder with full intent and even premeditated, and that's a forty. Like and you went out. 40. And that's but, a forty-year sentence. But here's right. the, but here's the flip side of the situation. Come to find out that George Floyd and 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 that dude worked together in nightclubs as bouncers. Yes, they did. You yeah, know what I mean, so he knew George Floyd. So that's something that they can use. Is it was, and then they took him around the corner and beat him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So all of yeah, that so stuff can be used to prove the point that they 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 conspired to murder him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but you know what? The, uh-huh. the harder that's the harder case to prove. Yeah, murder is and the if, hardest case to beat. I mean, uh, to convict someone on this, you got to prove it beyond a reason of murder one. Yeah, yeah. You have to you have to get it beyond reasonable doubt in order to get it to, to process. So that's why they using uh, charge number three, and that's why they using manslaughter is because those are easier to prove. Shout out to Pop. You, Hey, but Pop, you know what I was saying too? The tricky thing about like murder three and, and manslaughter, we don't want this guy to get a plea deal for manslaughter and get in, and have him escape route, like say uh, manslaughter in the second or third degree, and he's only going to get a sentence of four years, four to eight years. We don't need that type of situation. All right. But, but, but there's, ways out. Well, there's, 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 it's, it's, I'm sorry, Pop. It's more, it's more serious than that because the autopsy report came back saying there's no signs of strangulation. See, exactly. to me, it seems like they're already setting it up for this guy to walk. Because yeah, that's exactly. if, if any if he has any smart lawyer, they're gonna they're, that's the first thing they're gonna push is that we didn't strangle him. It was a it was a legit hole, we didn't strangle him, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's and and that, that, but you know what though? If I was the defense lawyer, the first thing that I would try to push is the fact that you pushed him into the situation for because they said that it was it was his heart that caved in. Yeah, they you, said he had underlying conditions. Because of the situation, the stress that you just put him exactly. under, that was what caused the heart attack. Exactly. So now, if you're le- if three grown men are leaning on this man, one especially on his neck, he's panicking. He he's he's nervous. At that point, he went into cardiac arrest. That's very easy to yeah, rebut. That's a fact. The thing is, is that you got to remember, like I said, with the charges, Des, this still is an officer of the law. They're not going to get a man life. But that's no, not happening. No. And this at the is end the of the day, see, remember this: the thing that you want, you want it to be a statement. We don't. We listen. If he doesn't go to jail for twenty, twenty-five years, there's no way we're going to expect that if they've never done it, right? Right or wrong? Nah, facts. Right. But now, if if they put him in jail for five years, if they put him in jail for ten years, this is this is a statement. 
This is letting them know, like, yo, you make a mistake now, there's a good chance you could go to jail if you, not mistake, if you if you racially bias or racially profile or kill somebody that's in your custody. Mm-hmm. You, you could go to jail for that. Yeah. That's what yeah. they need. This is a statement. Nah. It has nothing to do with the man getting 20 years because it's not going to happen. Ahead, if you're going to try to stick a murder one charge in him, you, it wouldn't work. You got to go murder three. You got to go manslaughter because manslaughter is easier to prove. Manslaughter is you did it pretty much. That's it. At yeah. least, but at least manslaughter. Zah, make it, think of intent. I mean, guys, I figure that um, it's been it's been so many times that these cops got off with these type of sentences. So I figured, why not throw the whole book at him and make him an example? Because if if situations were reversed. They would they would throw the book at us. Word. You know what I'm saying? Make him an example. Give him 25 to life or whatever you got to do. On, He's an example. But ain't on, no PC. Ain't no but remember this. It's on Dez. It's on Dez. It's on Dez. My bad. Go ahead, Dez. Go ahead, Dez. What, what I was saying is that um, the problem is too, and you know when people say a silent police officer is also not a good police officer, we have to understand that the underlying issue is the blue wall of silence. Now the blue wall of silence um is going to Busy much almost probably hindered this case. Five years to me, yes, you know, it is time, but for someone's life, no. I mean, I mean, I know someone that got 23 years for um, a shooting that resulted in the death of another person. He got manslaughter in the first degree, and he's facing 23 years with five years probation, supervised release. So if we're not going to see that type of, you know, silence, and he's in, um, and he's in, and and the thing about this cop is that he's going to be in protective custody. So we don't know if he's going to get five years or, three years with two-year probation, we don't need that type of sentences because it's not really a message because people are going to say, well, you Des, know what? Des, I got to like disagree with you because it is, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difference because he would be a police officer that's going to jail. Whether he's going to jail, and let's keep it a, let's keep it a buck, whether he's going to jail for five years or eight years or ten, he went to jail because he murdered somebody while on duty. That's a and, big and, deal. And that has out, never happened. And shout out to Cedric Melbourne. He said that he's now walking from this this charge. And the the only thing that they did kind of set up is for him to still get paid while he's away because the mayor didn't have any right to have him fired because they have policies and procedures that they and supposed unions. to follow in union. So all of this is smoke and mirrors and it's for the public, but I don't think he's going to walk away scotch free, but he's definitely not facing the full brunt of what he should be. He should be in jail right now. You know what I'm well, saying? Let me Bottom ask you this line. stills. Did the commissioner of uh, issue a statement on this guy's future out there? I'm not sure yet. I don't want to speak because I don't, I don't see anything about the commissioner saying something. I know the commissioner can can directly say you're out of here. Yeah, you know? but it's still but it's still a union in play, man. You still have to yeah. go through the union. Union right. contract supersedes law at the end police, of the day. Those police um unions too, you have to understand too. Even let's look at it like all during, unions, not just police unions, all unions. No, no, I'm just saying, but in, yeah, I'm just saying in general, but just I'm just speaking about the police itself. You have to understand too how much power police unions really have. Uh, when it comes to even things like this, even when you look at Obama's blue bill, they mm-hmm. put pressure on them and to have that bill passed for their for their uh, protection. So yeah. we have to look at how their unions can sway prosecution. You know, it, it's something that we have to think about in these day and age, you know, that yeah. can, you know, sway results. You know, it's not a fair playing field, as we all know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but right now, I think everybody just needs to focus and wait mm-hmm. and not riot because we're going to get distracted on what's really going on. Mm-hmm. 
and you know when this trial begins. And I'm glad you said that, man. So that leads us into our next topic, man. Pop yes, Colin sir. Kaepernick offers his offers his piece of um the pies. He's saying, man, he's basically willing to pay lawyer fees for any I, protesters I, in Minnesota. Talk about it. No, no, no. Okay. Well, <laughs> Colin Kaepernick opens a fund. Hold up, pay hold up, hold up. Uh-huh. Be careful, Pop. What do you mean, be careful? What? <laughs> I'm ready to get you, so be yeah. careful. Listen, very listen, lightly. Listen, Colin Kaepernick opens a fund to pay George Floyd protesters lawyers. Yeah. Okay, what what was really going on here, Kaepernick, Kaepernick announced the formation, the formation of the Know Your Rights Camp yes. Legal Defense Initiative on his Instagram page yes. on Friday. Yes. The initiative has identified no, a team with Hold the on. top Not defense just... lawyers Hold on, in Pop. many efforts. It uh-huh. wasn't just Friday. He always had that, that initiative he, in play. He always had the initiative in play, yeah. but he announced that he's going to use it for Minneapolis, gotcha. stating stating that he has the top defensive lawyers, and and he's going to offer legal advice to the, or assistance to the protesters, and that people can donate. People they, they're accepting oh. donations for people so they they, they can request legal. Oh God, that, might, that right there, go. son. Oh God, this might go. This might go left. Oh, oh God! Yeah, I didn't say nothing. Here's my here's my thing with it. I'm gonna be honest with you. When it comes down to Colin Kaepernick and these thing and 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 you know some of these things that he tries to implement, I'm not saying that his heart probably not in the right place. But we gotta, you know, when I hear accepting donations and yeah, I don't know about Stop it. And stop oh, it, man. And, well, well, tell me why I'm wrong because I didn't like, say anything about being wrong. I said I, I'm, I didn't say anything about you being wrong. I'm, I see where you're going. Where, where I'm going? Come on, the point what's, is out to me. What's, what's, to what's wrong with him doing the initiative? How much money do do we think Colin Kaepernick has? But the donation, well, we, part, we, we, he got, we got a lot got of money. Or Forty mil. For we don't know what he got from the settlement from the NFL. Check we don't know what type of bread he got from the NFL. He always had that Nike deal. They put out Colin Kaepernick jerseys, sneakers, Air Force Ones, all of that. So he you got some know, bread. You don't know what percentage he get from his jerseys. And, 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 Listen, and, I, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it like this. I'm gonna keep it like this. I'm 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 gonna we're gonna sit back and we're gonna watch what happens and what he does. I'm gonna be honest with you, but I feel like when it comes down to him uh, being where they need to be, him addressing it, addressing it to the media, and it's just not there. Why is I mean, it not there? It's let me, not let me, there. Let me, let me I swear, I'll tell, tell you one thing. If, if if the man didn't do anything, it's a problem. If he says, I'm going to donate this, it's a problem. And shout out to John first, Legend's wife. First, she donated the first, John Legend's, hold, Exactly. I'm glad you said that, Stills. Did anybody criticize John Legend's wife for, 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 for putting up 200 grand to bail people out? It's numerous. It's numerous people that's put money out to bail out these protesters. Oh, so Nobody criticized them, but they criticized Colin Kaepernick. Oh, so hold Not on. So, hold on. Yeah. All right, so hold on. I'm I'm looking to hear your point of view now. I'm glad you said that, Zah. Cause um check out um uh Roger Roger Goodell's statement, man. Like talk about what Roger Goodell is Let's talking go about. There. Go ahead, Let's go talk there. about it, man. Tell the people about it. Roger Goodell issued a statement all of a sudden on, on uh there we how, go. how yeah, all of a sudden on how he, you know, he doesn't want uh you know, he wants everybody to calm down and, and this and that for the writings and stuff like that. You know, number one, who does Roger Goodell work for? He works for the NFL owners. The owners, right? Yes. Yes, sir. 
Okay, so so the owner's bottom line at this point is money, uh-huh. which they are losing. Now I'm I'm oh, I'm explain this to you. I'm How are they losing? I'm first of all, they're not even playing right now. They losing they losing a ton of money. But <laughs> but I'm, I'm but but let me explain. When when the kneeling the whole kneeling incident started, right? You had your players on on several different teams started slowly but surely doing it. Slowly but surely. It wasn't like everybody, all the players jumped on at the same time. That's a fact. But you had the owner come out talking about we can't have the inmates running the yard. Listen, man. See, I got to stop you there, Zai. So let's let's revisit revisit what happened. So Roger Goodell basically issues a statement on behalf of the NFL Inspire Change campaign in regards to to the death of the George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery and Tracy uh-huh. Walker, whose family, who has a family member on the Detroit Lions, by the way, they were all killed. So go ahead. So that's what we're talking about. I was leading up to that. Okay. So mm-hmm. now, so now, right? We can't have the inmates running the yard. The owners obviously sat down and talked about this. The NBA did they think different? See, they had their people doing it, but Adam Silver had things under control. The NFL is a whole totally different what's the name. They don't want these players to unify, combine, or do anything. So now, fast forward to what we got now. If we but don't they have an NFL PA though, you can't. They okay, do go ahead. I'm sorry. Still, we fast forward to now. We don't want none of these players to do something. So let us speak up and say something before we get the. Play. So hold on, hold on. Let me, let me interrupt for a second, man. So okay. the key word, what I said in there was. NFL inspired a change campaign. So what the NFL inspired a change initiative is, it's to show it's to showcase how players, owners, and the league work together to create positive change in communities across America. Working with the working with the players coalition, an yes. independent 501c3 entity, the NFL teams in the league continue to support programs and initiatives that reduce barriers to opportunity. Inspire Change focuses on three priority areas: education and economic advancement police and community relations, and criminal justice reform. Since t- April 2018, more than $25 million in grants have been awarded to the social justice organizations as part of the NFL Inspire the Change initiative. This includes more than 500 grants awarded to current and former NFL players for nonprofits across the country. So you can't sit there and say that the NFL isn't doing anything. I'm going to put it like this. Let, me, let me say um, that, ahead, that. I just chime in. Um, Let's just look at it from let's just look at it from a neutral standpoint, no emotion behind it. Let's look at you know a large corporation like the NFL. This is probably the best time for them to really like show consumers, anybody that hey, we're not a racist corporation because look at what we sell. We they want to get more social capital for long term gains. So, I mean, it's a smart yes, it's a brilliant thing, but is it at our expense? Yes, you know, and a lot of corporations, it's not just the NFL. Um, a lot of people are going to be like, well, you know, that's why if you ever notice in the media, when anytime there's like any type of racist thing happening now, these people like the, the patties, the permanent patties, all these people, they get fired because now corporations can use that and be like, oh, we don't tolerate um, discrimination. We don't tolerate that. So it makes their companies look in a better light. And it also brings a, a diverse um, consumers. So we're going to have more people, fans of the NFL, even ones right. that don't even watch football because the apparel is going to come out and they're going to get shirts that's going to be around this killing and but, you but know, again, it's it's a horrible thing, but again, you know, it is what it is. We don't want to dance around what we just what I just explained. They have an initiative that speaks specifically to this and shout out to Jay-Z because that partnership <laughs> with the NFL. Let's go. That partnership that he made with the NFL 
help create this organization, man. And and I, y'all tap dancing around it. Go ahead, Zah. And shout out yeah, to Otto yeah. Shout out to Otto Welling joining us early for real. How you doing, brother? Hey, thank How you. you. I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good, oh, good. God, we got we good. listen. The trip. Look at him, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we are in the midst of greatness here, gentlemen. Word of hey. Um, back, back, back. He stills where he at now? Who? Where's who? Jay Z. In the back, pushing the NFL to the forefront to do what he was brought the there to do. Right? He's doing what he was brought there to do. Bringing now, awareness listen, to now, them. I'm glad helping you said them. that. He's helping them bring awareness to situations. Like, you don't think that he's in the background telling them, oh, y'all got to do something. Like I told you, the key word was the NFL players initiative. It wasn't on behalf of the NFL. I got Still, you. And I'm going to back with you. Hold on, Des. Hold on, Des. I got you. But why? Why when Colin Kaepernick said it, they, he said he he didn't say nothing different from Jay Z. You want to know why? Because Colin Kaepernick was because, between Jay Z because Cal- and, and, and Colin Kaepernick. The difference between Jay Z and Colin Kaepernick is is that Jay Z wasn't walking around with pigs with stars and clubs on socks. So Jay Z wasn't coming to Jay Z wasn't coming to meetings with Kunta Kinte on his shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like Colin Kaepernick went about it the wrong way. Is this I'm a free country? Saying, it doesn't matter if it's, it's a, free a free country, country but, but they don't got to do business with you, you if they pop, choose not you to. Have to Can you, you have wear to. what you want to wear? You have to not wear. at my job. But this is what I'm saying. Like we gotta, we gotta get rid of that that mentality of I should be able to do what I want to do. No, you. In all actuality, when it comes down to deals and corporations and money, they're not gonna deal with you just doing anything you want to do because you feel That's that you true. have the right to do it. You're representing their brand at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree, do anything I agree with that you, you want to do. I agree with you still because you have to understand too. And Jay Z has been a businessman way longer than Colin Kaepernick has, so he is he is looked at as a, a higher standard by by corporate America. So yeah, he can't come in there with a dashiki on and say like, well, you you know, what are you going to give us? He he must you know play according to like you know the corporate world, you know, and and if that's why they feel comfortable doing business with him. And he is, I, I will say, he is a milestone in the NFL. Yeah, Stop. like you know what I mean. Stop. So so you know, Stop. I just had to, I had to. I had to point that out because I knew that everybody was going to say Jay-Z didn't have anything to do with anything, but I just broke to you what the initiative is about and everything that it covers. And if you think that that wasn't him that helped put that together, which they did open the door for Colin Kaepernick to be a part of, and he said no, you can't get mad at that now. You can't. I I, I would have said no, too, because you're speaking See. on the exact same thing I, I did silently. Well, now now you're being petty. Now you're being petty. <laughs> they offered. Well, they offered. They, they offered to to make amends with you. You're mm-hmm. offering me. You're offering me to start a movement that I to, to continue moving. I started. But they helped you. They're the corporation is bigger me. than the player. They, they condemn me. They fired right, me. But anyway, man, let's move on, man. So, <laughs> so oh, it sounds like another segment. Yeah, but we, I know, but we, got, five we, we got five about, minutes. We got about eight minutes before we get into our um interview with with the champ who was on the phone with us, man. So you know we want to keep it brief. Um, yes, sir. Uh, so next on the agenda is pretty much Damian Lillard, man. This is kind of the same situation, man. Damian Lillard put Dan puts Dan Olavsky in its place after making comments about Dame Lillard being a spoiled brat because he felt like he didn't want to come back to play any basketball if it wasn't worth him making it to the playoffs and having the opportunity to play for a championship. Uh. What's your thoughts on that, man? Because a lot of these athletes, and and I'm pretty sure that Mr. Otto Welling can speak as well as an athlete, coming out here risking your health to entertain people, is it really worth the paycheck at the end of the day? But – Go ahead, fellas. I'll let you I'll let you speak. Uh let him, y'all go ahead. 
I tell you this. Uh-huh. Um, as far as Dame, as far as, as far as Dame Lillard like putting the report in this place, that's the kind of stuff that you don't need to that could dirty his brand. I'm gonna be honest with you oh, because. Gosh. I don't feel you need to really have that kind of like verbiage with him. Like, yo, I'll punch him. Oh, da, 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 da. You don't need to do that. Nah, he just told him to watch his MF mouth. That's all. Yeah, but how dirty does that sound? Like, you got to you gotta be like, yo, you know what? I'm going to represent my opinion. So how you feel about it. Mm. Looking at it. Doesn't need like, you know, watch your mouth. and That's just not the way that you do business. And see, this is what I mean. We got to turn it. We got to turn the, the, the corner on this stuff. That's him not wanting to play meaningless games. It sounds to me that he's the kind of guy that, that you got to question his heart on the other side, too. Oh, I mean, God. come on. Okay. What do you mean? So you don't, so you don't want to play no ball. So let's ask our special invited guest. Yes, his thoughts is from an athlete's perspective. What's your take on that, Otto? Uh, sorry, I missed the context a little bit. Can you can you okay. say uh, say it again? Okay, so um, NBA player Damian Lillard, you know, he got a little uh, pushback and some from some backlash to a comment that you know was made about him not wanting to play and risk his health because he's a spoiled brat. He's feeling the person that made the comment about him feels that he's getting paid a lot of money. He should go out and perform if he's able and healthy to perform with the whole COVID-19 situation lingering out there as an athlete, if your safety, if you feel your safety is being at risk, do you have a right to say, I don't feel like performing? I mean, was he scared of the COVID or was he, didn't he want to play because of no spectators? So he, I think it was a mixture of both. He's saying that with the risk of him catching COVID-19 by going to a secluded area to play the rest of the season, he can contact the virus while he's there. But if he's just going there to play meaningless games, he would rather not go and play meaningless games. Okay. Uh, I think it's a tough one, but at the end of the day, he should be able to decide himself yes. if he wants to play or not. But, I mean, he has a contract. Uh, I don't really know how it works, but if I felt like I didn't want to fight, I know that I can say no, but I won't get paid. So, Mm. I mean, yeah, that's a big yeah. deal. Yeah, that's a sport. But I mean, if if he doesn't want to play and the others play, then I mean, he shouldn't expect to get paid. I guess. Wow. But he can make that choice if he if he feels if he if he feels that his health is uh, at risk, he should be able to say no. Got you, got you. And after mm. you, Zai, we're gonna go into our five minute DJ JOJ mini mix. And then we're going to go into the punchline segment with our special guest, Otto Willing. Yeah, he he um is under contract. So more than likely, if he don't play, then he won't get paid. <laughs> yeah, but we hear you, Jay. Yeah, but um, I think that he his his deal, like his sneaker deals, all his endorsement deals, all of that money is guaranteed. And he yeah. gets a lion's share of his contract money anyway. So if he plays or he doesn't play, it won't hurt his bottom line at the end of the day. But how does it hurt him in the eyes of other uh, athletes? Like, it just it just shows that he's not willing to put his health on the line for the game that he loves. He would rather, do you, do you, huh? It, it, might, it might start a trend, and athletes might start following his lead. Yeah, but at what point do these guys play? Like, come on, man. Like, I'm like, all right, I hear you. It's going to be like this for the rest of your life. He could also go out there and break his knee. He could go out there and break both his knees, right or wrong. But, but at what point are we going to say, you know what? We got to put this thing past him. We got to move on. I mean, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I feel like 
I understand the the health side of it. I do. But if they're going to isolate you, they're going to do all of these things to accommodate you to play a game. And you say no, because like, you know what is meaningless? What's meaningless at that point? One one quick, one quick comment stills. A lot lot of these players, we don't know what they've been doing since this whole thing started. They might've been sitting around. So when they start to play, you know, you may see a lot of injuries. You may see a lot of people coming in overweight. Nah, but that's why they're having a two-week training camp leading into this whole situation. But nonetheless, man, let's get to our DJ JOJ mini mix. Yes, sir. When we come back, we're going to be speaking with the champ, Otto Whelan. You know what the I mean? Champ. For real, man. So DJ JOJ, get to it. The number to call in is 516-206-0711. Bars and Hoops Radio. Check it out. I know you're on the head. I know Hey, this is Austin, you know me and pal You can see my outfit on the Discovery Channel I'm a stunner, my bitches train like robots They sniff, sniff, throw, and they hold out blocks It's the brick copper, the elf chopper 645 NASCAR driver that's known to spit lava I'm in hand gold, with a model in the bedroom I'm pussy tight like an airplane bathroom Fork out your mouthpiece Baby bar, the baby AR, make it hot like South Beach. I move like spin Latin on with some hammers in that new jack wagon. My team's Paul Davis, Medina all spread. Be like, give me head, dead bitch. Look like Eva Mendez. I'm a gangster, general, car rat nigga. Drug money, blood money in the brown bag, nigga. You like the same when never banks around. I know you won't love me. I know you won't love me. Screaming hollow whenever I should sit down. I know you won't love me. I know you won't love me. She's draping me up for how the hoes get down. I know you like fucking that dirty sub shit. Trying to run game on me, you fuck bitch. I know you won't love me. I'm in the candy painted range, Cartier frame, six by nines playing so I can hear everything. Heavy on the gas, homie, hogging up two lanes. The navigation guiding me to where I'm gonna be. Staying a trunk full of something that can get a nigga like. With my seatbelts on, and I'm stopping at the lights. I done been to Queens before, but not behind the wheel. I'm a country nigga, ain't this many buildings where I live. But the business gotta be handled, so where this coward at? We leave a couple niggas land, bet them bitches holler back. Ever since, yeah, yo, been home, it's been home, smacking niggas up. Employees is getting sent home on this battlefield. You know, it's kill up the kill, leaving niggas with bullet holes and hospital bills. This is how it is, homie, lock coast, a no struck. I won't stop till I'm on a wanted coast. This is how it is when we lock like, up. Yeah, he makes it killer. Let's do it. This is it. Come on, man. Feel good, man. Taliban. Diplomats. Come on. Yeah. Kim Jones, where you at, baby? I'm still tuned in to bars and hoops radio. Once again, where you at? I feel like Rocky or something, man. Yo, they try to box me in a corner for the longest. Uh, no key, lock me in this corner for the longest. Come on, come on man. Yeah. They can't fuck with me. Can't. They really well said. Let's do this, man. I got him, man. Uh, somehow I managed to creep from under the rock. Uh, linking up with Cam and linking up with the rock oh. now. Yeah, I told you. Come yeah, on, man. I won't fail you, niggas. I got this. Yo, this is powerful music I bring to the table. The sequel of Able, the way I sling things, cuz. Yeah. 
Yo, y'all know I'm passing focus. In case you haven't noticed, squeeze and blast them open as soon as the magnum open. Yeah, come on, y'all with me, man? Come on, Gambo make me a star. I'ma make him a million. Jones is here, we invading the building, and yeah, diplomat. Back to live action. Back to live Shout action. out to DJ JLJ for that DJ JLJ mini mix. So we've now reached the segment of which we call Punchlines. And we'd yes. like to invite our, we'd like to welcome our special guest, Mr. Otto Wellen. You know what I mean? Thank you for taking the time to reach out with us and, and talk to us today on this Sunday. So, Des, without Thank any further guys. ado. Thank you guys for having me. Yes, sir. Nice Thank you. I would like to start off, you know, I have to say my old saying, urban <laughs> legends are born every day, and I am one, I am the nose hunter, a.k.a. Mr. Two-Piece. Um, yo, welcome, Otto. Thank you very much for uh, being our special guest. I want the fans to know who Otto Wellen is. Like, where are you from? And um, t- uh, tell us about your upbringing. I'm from Sweden, I called, a town called Sönsvalis. A small town with like a hundred thousand people. Shout out to Sweden. And I'm a I'm a fighter, <clears throat> and I grew up in a working class family. My parents working. My father was an electrician. My mom worked in an office. And uh, yeah, it was you know small town. I had two older brothers and started boxing when I was 15, and I was doing pretty well. And I got better and better. Got on the national team. And started fighting over there. And then when I was 22, I turned pro. And now I'm 29. And in my last fight, I fought Tyson Fury in Vegas. So you from the mud because I saw, when I saw that fight, you know, I was like, yo, you really, you know, dug deep. And, you know, I, I was telling fans about that fight. You know, I want to go into, I want to go fight a little bit later. But, yeah, you, you come from some grit. You know, you, you, uh, you got work ethic. You know, I, I can see it in the gym. You know, um, I just want to know, just... You know, just tell the fans, what's your amateur record? Uh, it's, uh, what is it, 34 and 12, I think. Okay, so 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 pretty good. And I heard that you um that you actually fought Anthony Joshua, who's another top heavyweight. Um, how was that? How was that experience in the amateurs? Yeah, I fought him uh, two times in the amateurs. The first time, I think, 2009 or 10, and then in 2011, I think. It was a very good fight, close fights, but I lost decisions. But I got the tapes. At home, so I watch it sometimes, and it was very good fights, close fights. I felt like at least I could have got one fight, but it is what it is. Mm. But hey, you never know, you know, you know, like you know, you are, you know, to a lot of people, you came out the shadows. A lot of uh, casual fans, you know, who I've had arguments with about you know your, your skill set, they don't mm-hmm. realize like a lot of fighters who you know are top contenders have sparred other top contenders, have fought them in amateurs, you know, like. For example, Terrence Crawford and Danny Garcia, they fought each other. So I would say you and Anthony Joshua come kind of that How was it like fighting um, Anthony Joshua and um, and the amateurs and what, you know, a lot of fans don't see, like, you know, being in front of a man like that, like, and, and being as difficult as it might be. Like, what would you be opinion about fighting Anthony Joshua twice? Yeah, I mean, when I fought him, it was so early on for both of us. So I I felt that that he was a big guy already already back then he was big and strong and that was his um, strengths but he wasn't that good technically and and 
and stuff. But but he had he had we haven't been boxing for that long. But he was a you know strong guy. But then he's been getting better and better, of course. And it's a big difference from the, back then to today. So with with that being said, were you surprised that he lost to Andy Ruiz? I'm never surprised when anybody loses because this is boxing and especially the heavyweight boxing. We know that anybody can lose and it can happen at any time. And yes. I knew that also when I fought Fury that a lot of people wrote me off, but I knew what I can do and I knew that I could give him a good fight and, and I wanted to beat him and I, I really tried. And, you and did I well. know that it can happen at any time. You did well. Still, so- Go ahead. Mr. Otto, what's up, man? How you doing? This is Pop. How you feeling? Hey, Pop. How are you? Listen. I, I wanted to get into the mentality of a fighter because you, you, you hit on something that I'm really, I really wanted to know. You knew Tyson Fury as a fighter. You knew he was a good fighter. But you said you were, you were good because of you knew what you could do. What is that meant? How did you, where does that mentality come from in your upbringing? Or where did it come from at this point? Yeah, so, I mean, speaking about my upbringing, uh, like I said, I have two older brothers. One of them... My, first of all, my father was a boxer. He had maybe 20 amateur fights, and he was a trainer later on. And then my brother was a, a boxer. He's eight years older than me. And he was, a, he was a tough guy also. And um, he later turned to Muay Thai. And mm-hmm. I think for some reason, we, we have a really good background in that sense. We are good workers. We're not afraid to work, you know. And, um, and when it comes to fighting, uh, we like to you know, give it all. We don't, we don't like to give up. And that's, uh, I think that's a part of it, where it comes from. And then oh. with the Fury fight, I know I take a lot of pride in my work and I know, and my father taught me early on also that when I fight, or when I step into the ring, I got to make sure before that I've done everything I can to perform the best I can. If, if I win or lose, then it doesn't really matter. But as long as I've done everything I can in training before, then, uh, then I'd be fine. Wow. Let me, let me ask you a question. Um, tell me about boxing culture in Sweden, because I'm not too educated about it, and who were your influences growing up, like watching on TV and watching, like, you know, we all watch, like, highlights of certain fighters that we you know, love, past and present. Who were your influences coming up? Yeah, so when I first started, I used to watch a lot of Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, because my father was a big fan of Muhammad Ali, and I think more my brother of Mike Tyson, because he had the Mike Tyson VHS with his knockouts, so we used, to, we, used to watch that. <laughs> we, we used to watch that a lot. But then, like Swedish fighters, at first, when I started, we had a really good Olympian in my club when I started. And um, I looked up to him, looked up to other guys in the club. I just wanted to get better, you know, and just wanted to, because at first, they were a lot better than me. So I just wanted to train and get better and better and, like, inch closer and get better than those guys. So that was a big inspiration. I come from a pretty good club, so we had a good trainers there. And then we have a, a heavyweight world champion. He beat Floyd Patterson in the 50s wow. over here in, in New York. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's been a big inspiration, of course. He, he showed that it's possible, and, and he, like, opened up the way for, for others. Now, um. Let me ask you a question, because you're not, um, I wouldn't classify you as a large heavyweight. Would you consider yourself a large heavyweight? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm maybe not huge, but I'm at least six, five and a half. I'm about 245. So I'm not small either, but, but like guy like Fury, he's six, nine. And what is he? He was 270 something. So 
So I'm not small, but I'm not the biggest either. Now, let me ask you a question. Like, you know, even though being a heavyweight, there's no uh, weight limit, of course. Anything over 200 could be at heavyweight. But being healthy, since we're talking about fury and, like, weight loss and weight management, just ex- can you just tell the fans um, how your diet is and how you maintain a healthy weight as a heavyweight that's six foot five, and, you know, so you're able to still move with your feet and still have stamina to go 12 rounds with a top contender, of course, like Fury. Yeah, so... So for me, it's, it's never been a problem, really. I, I surrounded myself with a good team, and I got a nutritionist. I got a, a great boxing trainer, a strength and conditioning coach. I got a psychologist. Uh, so I, I feel like I have everything in place, and to, I just want to be the best athlete I can be. And I know if I, if I want to be something, I really have to work for it and do everything I can. And that's I don't think about so much what I can eat, but I just want to my, fill my body with uh with good stuff so i eat what i know i need to eat and as a heavyweight i gotta eat a lot so mm-hmm. <laughs> i do that but i try to keep it healthy you know yes there's there's no shortcuts and you know i like that you know how you uh, said that can you just give me an example like i don't know for instance you know um you know i explain to people that like, you know cutting weight me being a light heavyweight is a little it's, it's very hard but even being a heavyweight and having to maintain energy because we all know and you have a lot of experience as a high level fighter about how to crash, you know, having bad days. Just give an example, like maybe what would you eat for like breakfast, like like a breakfast for you? I mean, I have the same breakfast every day. So I have I have oats. I put some like mixed nuts on it, some blueberries, some strawberries and then some milk <laughs> on top. And then that's it. And then. Um, on the side, I got a protein shake. Man, we envy so that, you, man. That's a good breakfast. We envy you, man. You got a bunch <laughs> of heavyweights in here with you, man. We wish that we could eat like that every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, like I said, it's never been a problem for me. Yes, that's uh, – I, I used to eat that when I was a kid, and I eat it today also. Oh, my God. Oh. So you guys with these uh, McGriddles and, uh, you know, double uh, – Big Mac <laughs> – you know, hey, don't, let us, don't, don't let us try your eye out, Daz. Don't watch it over there. <laughs> hey, it's not about me. I make weight. But uh, <laughs> um, let me ask you a question, though. Since you know, um, now you're being seen as a top contender by your appearance. I mean, by by your performance with Tyson Fury, and actually, you were actually ranked. Um, this, is this true or not? As the opponent that landed the most amount of punches on Tyson Fury out of his whole entire career, how did you feel? Hearing that, and also, do you see yourself maybe in the future having a fight with maybe a Jarrell Miller or a um, Chisora or even a, a Luis Ortiz or Andy Ruiz? Do you see those in maybe in your possible future? Yeah, I think that I show myself to be, I prove myself in the Fury fight. My rankings is not that great right now because I lost, but I should I should be up there. I feel like I'm, I'm one of the top guys and at least one of the top 15, top 10 guys in the world. And I feel like the biggest part I need is experience. And I got great experience with Fury, but I just got to keep working and stay busy. <clears throat> and uh got to remember, too, before the Fury fight, I had some bad luck and I had like three canceled fights before yeah. I fought him. So I had only fought one time, not one round in 18 months when I fought him. So oh, I just want to get back in there and stay busy. So... So I don't have any, any ring rust when I get the next shot. What was then, that? What? 
No, was that due to you, you had a foot injury at that time? That was that foot injury? It was nagging you? No, no that was after. That was after. Okay. So, so before, before I was going to fight for the European title 2019, uh, early on in March, I think it was. And then my trainer was assaulted here in the streets in New York. So we had to cancel wow. the fight. Wow. And then after that, I fought Nick Kissner in Atlantic City. And we had a clash of heads in the first the round. Fight. So yeah. then they stopped that fight after one round. And then I was going to fight BJ Flores in July. Mm-hmm. And he failed his medical because he had been shot with a BB gun in his head when he was a kid. Wow. And he still has the bullet. So they wouldn't do what? A, what? MRI. Wow. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Yeah. Wow. So they, could, they couldn't do an MRI on him. But he's, he's been fighting with that bullet in his head his whole, his whole career. Oh, wow. So it's just wow. unlucky for me. So they canceled the fight on on fight night. When we got to the arena, they told yeah. us there's no fight. Said he was unfit. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm assuming that you would rather have a fight cancel um, if an athlete, a fighter, has a dirty urine than just a beat <laughs> from, from when he's nine <laughs> yeah. years old. Yeah, yeah. At uh, the same time, I don't want to hit him with that. You know, on that spot with the bullet, so yeah, it goes into his head. But exactly. He's, he had been fighting his whole amateur career and his whole pro career winning. So, wow. I don't know. Guys, uh... as far as your preparation for a fight, like how long? How long is your training, and 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 what does your training consist of? Yeah. So my training is year round. Yeah. Uh, after a fight, I would take. I would of course take some time off, heal up if I need that, mm. but. But I, fly, I train year-round, and my training is a lot of, of course, a lot of boxing. That's the most important. Wow. And I always try to be ready for the boxing sessions. But apart from that, I do a lot of cardio. I do a bike, the elliptical, hmm. and, um, and a lot of weight training. Okay. Now, what, um, now I, know, I know your coach, um, but how does it feel to be trained <clears throat> and cornered by um, – two-time world champion Joey Gabach. Like, how, how was that experience with you, and how was he, uh, you know, how does he corner you, and how does he motivate you? Like, what, what's, what's, his, what's the greatest thing that you notice about him as a, as, a, as a teacher? Yeah, so when I first started with Joey, this was in 2013. We were out in Denmark, both of us. We used to live there. Oh, so wow. I got out there to Denmark, started training with Joey, and at first I noticed he was very basic. And he kept it. He kept it good. I had been in Germany for a short period before that, and they they had a different view. Like they didn't want me to move my head as much and move my feet. Yeah, yeah. I kind of <laughs> like the German side, just covering up. Robot. <laughs> yeah. So then when I got with Joey, I'm, I'm always I always watched American fighters and stuff and in good boxers, and I felt like Joey was trying to give me those tools and the tools that I knew that was working, like a good jab. Uh, good basics and you know good footwork, good head movement, good defense, and uh, I felt like Joey was giving that to me. And also him being a world champion is very inspiring. So I know that I have a trainer that's done it, and now he puts everything he can into me to have me do it. Mm-hmm. And Joey, he's done a good, so, such a good job with me with training. I can uh, I can't even put words how much he's meant to my career so far. You know. He's taught me so much, and he's brought me here to New York, set me up with a great team, and he's really opened a lot of doors for me. So, so, so now as a boxer, right, professional boxer, who's used to fighting in front of large amounts of crowds your whole career, how do you feel about possibly getting back into the ring without 
possibly having any fans in the arena watching you box? Yeah, so fighting without any fans, that would be boring. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't you know, it would, it would be boring because I like the energy from the fans, of course. Uh. But if that's, I mean, that's how, it, that's how it is right now. So that's what we got to do. And I'm going to do it because I want to get better. And I know I'm only going to get better by being in the ring. So I know I got to get back out there. Got you, got you. And the crazy thing about it, too, is, um, you know, and, and speaking about fans, and I just want to talk about Joey Gamach for a second. Um, very, very great man. You know, I know I know him as well. And I've seen you guys train, you know, with his shoes on and everything. Because Joey Gamach is about 5'6". Otto is about, like, you know, um, you know 6'5". So it's very unique to see them train. And um, and a lot of people, you know, the game plan for the Fury fight, I was sitting there, I was, like, watching both of you guys. And I was like, nah, he's not going to be thrown off by the awkwardness. I know, like, I know Fury might have been, was he was he kind of awkward for you? And did you kind of see through, like, the looping punches of slapping? And, like, did you expect him to, like, fight like a true big man and try to clinch and lean on you and so forth? Like, what did you think when you was in there with him? I mean, we knew that Fury, I've been watching Fury for many years, and uh, Joey, Joey know him too, of course. And we know that he can do a lot of different things. He can be softball, he can be orthodox, he's, sometimes he's dancing, you know, keeps his hands behind <laughs> his back. He can be aggressive, he can be, he can be dirty. And I think that he, he got a lot of tools. So that's what we try to do in training camp, to try to take those awkward things away and by being aggressive and getting close to him and not let him be awkward and dance and you know have his hands behind his back and and talk and all that so we were trying to stay in his face to take that away you gotta throw punches at a guy like him and you can't be loading up Mm. and so in training camp we had a lot of different sparring partners like one southpaw one short guy one big guy and yes (laughs) yes yes you know yes everything yes trying to mix it up Mm. now now when a fan see thing about when i was watching the fight too and you know i am a Tyson Fury fan, but I really wanted you to win. When I saw that cut, I was like, mm-hmm. and you know, I said, yo, he, he's cool and he's real nice, but he got that killer instincts. Because when you saw that blood and I saw you like really just try to try to hit him and try to cut him back open, I was like, I was like looking at the TV and I was like, yo, just do a head pull and just, you know, don't let the ref see it. Just try to open that cut. Because I really <laughs> thought that wow. fight should have ended Shut in a stoppage. But I understand fight. how, you know, things and, you know, you know, boxing work um now when people say fans right and i hear the ignorant thing i never i you know i sparred a heavyweight before i'm a small light heavyweight i've never met a heavyweight or been hit by a heavyweight that did not have a punch that hurt real bad um (laughs) all the fans can you explain that you know that fury is not feather fisted as people claim that he is I think, yeah, I think it was Wilder that said he was fed and you see what he did to Wilder. <laughs> I mean, I think he kind of speaks for himself. No, now. I mean, if you're, if you're with a big guy, that 260, 270 pounds, 6'9", of course, if he hits you in the right spot, you can go. And yes. So, that's what happened. So, Otto, what's, what's your thoughts on the possibility of Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield getting back in the ring for charity? And do you think that it would be a good exhibition? <laughs> those those two guys fighting each other? Yes, saying? yes. Yeah, so my thought of it is that it's great if those guys can, can get into shape, you know, uh, have sharp minds and be in good shape, healthy. Yeah. But I wouldn't see – I wouldn't want to see any of those guys take punishment. Mm. So 
if they could have an exhibition that, that they would go light, that would be fine. But I don't think that's possible. I don't, I don't think, think that's that <laughs> when those guys get into the ring, it's going to be like going back 20 years. So, you know, I think that as soon as one of them that's a punch, it's going to be on. Yep. It's gonna be blood. That's right. Now, let me yeah. ask you. Let me let me ask you a question. Um, since we're talking about fighters and you know that that are over forty years old, what's your thought about uh, fighters like uh, you know Lewis Ortiz, who you know I say they're forty years old. I think he's fifty. But oh my god, uh, what you, man! No, I'm, just, I'm, 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 I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm not, he's not fifty years old. He's forty. But um, what do you think about fighters? You know, I know heavyweight division. You know, you do see a lot of older fighters. But what do you think about when guys are like forty and fifty years old, still in heavyweight condition? Um, um, the heavyweight um, contendership, do you think they uh, is it dangerous for them to be there uh, fighting young contenders like yourself? Or, you know, do they still have a, you know, a place as being as old as they are and being in, in being high risk? I mean, if you look at a guy like Ortiz, he's still competitive and he's not taking a lot of punishment. He's been knocked out with Wilder, but yeah. he's beat those other guys and he's done well. So, I mean, if they, as long as they're smart about it and nobody forces him to fight and he does it with his own will, then I'm fine with it. And he's still competitive and one of the best guys, so how can you not let him fight? Okay, mm-hmm. now now let me ask you one question. Since we're talking about, you know, veteran fighters and fighters that have, you know, legacies and, of course, you're building your legacy and, you know, of course, you're going to be a, another champion again. Um what do, what do you see yourself uh, after boxing? What's life after boxing out of will and your ultimate goal after your boxing career when you uh, accomplish everything that you want to accomplish? Yes, I've been thinking about that a lot, but I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea, to be honest, but I really like boxing and I got a lot of experience now with myself. I got a good trainer, so I think that maybe I could make a good trainer. I would like to work, I would like to work with kids, you know, uh, young people to help, you know, I think boxing is a good way for a lot of people to gain confidence and and to be something. And it, boxing has done a lot for me, so I really like boxing and being around it. So that's that's one possibility. Um, I, I would say that I'm a pretty sharp guy, but so I think I think that I, there's gonna be a lot of opportunities for me. I just want to use my platform here in boxing and you know try to try to capitalize on everything while I'm in it, and then. Hopefully, I got a good name when I get out of it, and I can be whatever I want to be. And I'm not sure what that is right now, but training is a possibility. Mm, And you know, it's funny, like seeing you, you know, seeing you train style. Listen, we just talked about earlier about like, you know, like a lot of the European style, Germany, Bulgaria, um, you know, some other countries where they're a little bit more upright, a little bit more robotic. I see you box. I see you train in the gym. And you kind of have a Western American style. Like, it's very, you know, it's, it's very slick. Um, you kind of remind me of, like, how fighters now from places like Ukraine or technical, do you feel like you could bring that back to Sweden, like that technical boxing or that slick, slick style to teach to, like, maybe up-and-coming um, uh, contenders? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd say that my style is a lot of having good basics and just being able to do, like, trying to be all around, you know. I know how to move my head. I got I always had good feet, and I'm pretty fast. And I got I got I got good tools. And I think you need you need a little bit of everything. And see, some guys they they may, might have a lot of power, but they lack defense or the other way around. You know, so 
I think boxing is complicated and you need a lot of tools and you need good trainers. There's, there's not a lot of great trainers out there. So, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's just being honest and I'm lucky to have one. And, and I think that you need, you need a good trainer, you need a good team around you to, to be able to develop those things. Mm, absolutely. Um, now, let me, um, now, when we, you know, I, I speak about like coaches and, you know, old school teachers. Joey's a definitely a very good old school um, coach, very cerebral. Even him just watching me sparring and pointing out little things of not, not taking a lot of punishment, you know, how to show up. Um, you know, can you just explain, like, maybe what's your opinion about a um, what's your definition of, like, a great teacher in boxing compared to, like, maybe, like, um, not so great, like, compared to, like, teacher and trainer? Yeah, I think that that you need to see each boxer as their own guy. You can't train guys the same way because not everybody's going to be a Muhammad Ali or nobody or uh, not everybody's going to be a Mike Tyson. So mm. there's got to be a lot in between. So you got to see what does this guy have? What does he need? What can he do better? What can he, you know, what can he, what is he doing good? What is he not doing good? And mm. you got to see each, each fighter for who they are. And so- also you got to, work with the mind to help them understand everything. So, so this is a question for you because when you mentioned Ali, you know, he was he was known for defense. I mean, he did the rope of dope and everything like that. And he eventually ended up having suffering from brain injuries. Um as a heavyweight, is 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 defense a technique or is that something that just naturally comes with you as a boxer? No, it's, it's, a, it's both, of course. Mm-hmm. I have a mindset that I don't want to get hit a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so that's, I mean, that's part of it. You shouldn't take too much punishment, especially as a heavyweight. Yes. But you gotta, you got to have somebody to teach you those things, how to take punches away and how to, how to move your head and not, not take too much punishment. Mm. But, you know, with Muhammad Ali, he, he already started having Parkinson, you know, like before his, his last couple of fights, I think. Yeah. And that was terrible. I, I don't know what was going on there, but I know the doctor that used to work with Ali, he, he quit. He said, no, he shouldn't fight. I, I, won't be, I, wow. I won't be. I won't be in the corner. I can't do it. And then these other guys, oh, wow. I have no idea if they pushed him or whatever it was. Maybe Muhammad Ali wanted to fight himself. But, wow. you know, you need people that care about you and not just look for the money. Yeah. Yeah. Now, with um, now, since you um, to me had a better performance than Deontay Wilder, uh, as a fighter and you know someone that's that has a very uh, technical way of thinking, um, looking at Deontay Wilder because you know we hear we hear things that he wants to um, you know he might train for Mayweather, he might go to this coach, he might go to that coach. You as a, a fighter, what would you fix with Deontay Wilder from the outside looking in? You know, if you look at Wilder, he. He's been a good champion. There's no question about it. He's got he's got a lot of power. Like he's got crazy power, mm-hmm. and he he's got a good jab too that he showed with Stevern. And he was boxing good when he fought Stevern the first time. But then I think maybe he's got been carried away with his power because he's been able to knock everybody out with one shot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't I don't blame him for that. It's just you know one of those things that. He's got so much power, so maybe he starts relying too much on it. So when he fought Fury, he just tried to load up and try to take him out with one shot. But that just plays in favor of, of Fury because he's got good defense. So I think I think what Wilder got to do is, you know, let his hands go 
and he doesn't have the best defense. So he he's, he's got to work on that. But he's what is he? Maybe thirty four, thirty five now. So yeah, he, he's a little older. I hope I hope that his team is staying on him. But he's got he's got to <clears throat> want to change as well. And he he's got to have that mindset, an open mindset. Even though he's been a champion, he's a little older now. He's gonna he's gonna accept that he's not complete, and he's just gotta work and try to get better. Do you think he's like um, you know maybe uh, set in his ways and maybe um, took too many shortcuts uh, like during during training? And do you think that he's mentally defeated? You as a fighter, you know, and, and nobody. Nobody likes the feeling of losing, of course. You know, we all come in there and we all believe in ourselves. But do you feel with the excuses Deontay Wilder's been making at the level that he's at on championship level that he's mentally defeated after uh, taking a uh, devastating loss to uh, Tyson Fury and getting a TKO? Do you think that he's uh, mentally done? Uh, I don't know. We got to see how he comes back. But I think Wilder, you know, he, he, he was a champion for a while and I think he had a lot of pressure to perform all the time and when you have that power like i said maybe you get carried away that you think it's, it's always going to be all right that he's been he's been losing fights before but he's always been able to knock the guys out and maybe he thought that hey i'm going to be able to do it this time also but as far as the excuses i don't know what to make of him but yeah he had too many uh, rhinestones in his costume. He had too many rhinestones <laughs> in his costume. Yeah. yeah. I think that I think that Fury had the kryptonite in his costume. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, uh, I also have a question. Now you said just recently that the, the one of the main things is that you gotta have people in your corner that care about you, right? Yeah. So like when you look at Deontay Wilder's fight when he was fighting Tyson Fury and they threw in the towel at that yeah. point, he fired his trainer because of it. Is that something that you think he needs to kind of review? Or like, not Uh-oh. even as a fighter yourself. Is that something that you could get mad at somebody about if you think that they were thinking about your best interest at heart? I mean, if Joey, if Joey would throw in the towel when I fought, I knew that he was going to do it just to keep me safe. You know, he would think that, hey, there's nothing, there's nothing he can do here. It's not worth it. And we got to live to fight another day. So... I, I didn't like how Wilder handled that. I think that Mark Breland, he he did the right thing because Wilder looked out of there. Yes. And he saved Wilder from, from getting badly hurt, I think. So you got to live to fight another day. And now Wilder, when they threw in the towel, they, you know, he got out of the fight and he didn't get badly hurt, hopefully. Yes. Yes. And he, he's going to be able to come back and have a rematch. So that's better than ending up in a wheelchair, you know? Yes. You know the saying goes, "Live to fight another day." Yeah. Now, with um, you coming now, living in the United States, coming from Europe, what was your opinion being in Europe about the uh, American heavyweight? And do you feel that there are not that many um, high caliber American heavyweights, or do you feel like the American heavyweight is uh, coming back and we're starting to see a little um, better contenders than you know as many great ones we have in Europe? Yeah, I think I think it's it's changing because. When I first turned pro, that was in 2013. And then we had the Klitschko's that ruled the division. And it wasn't that many Americans. It's like Brian Jennings, maybe some, some other guys. But I think it's changing. And the heavyweight division is very alive now with Andy Reese, Joshua, Fury, Wilder, myself. And there's a lot of guys. So I think that I think there's a good times to be heavyweights. And 
and it's going to be interesting to see how all this develops. It would be interesting to see the Wilder Fury rematch. If Wilder can come back, then uh, maybe Fury fights or or Wilder fights Joshua. That'd be nice to see. Mm. And then uh, hopefully I will be in the mix. Maybe let's say that Wilder loses to Fury, maybe I can get Wilder. Or if, if he if Fury can't fight Joshua. I would like a rematch with him, of course. Shout out to Otto Whalen. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> sure. ah, I'm talking about. Yeah, let's keep, let's get to the back. Yes, sir. I'm going to keep it real. Um, you fight Wilder, you're going to have him looking like Bambi on ice because of your footwork. I've seen you train. You know, me train little Ronnie Chenko in the gym, you know, a little short woman I train. I, I've seen you spar <laughs> and I've seen you move. Um, that's a fight I definitely would love to see. And another fight I would definitely like to see because, you know, um, you and uh, Yusek, would that be a fight that you would love to have in the future? Or do you feel that maybe like how Fury says, you think uh, Yusek is just too tiny uh, for to be at heavyweight? Yeah, I, I mean, Fury, he's, he, he was a great amateur Olympic gold medalist. And then he was a great cruiserweight and unified champion. But he didn't look great in his first fight at heavyweight when he fought that guy Witherspoon. So, so it's got to be interesting. I don't know. He might be too small. What is he? Maybe six two, six one. Yeah, he's he's um he's um yeah. Yusef is the same size as me. I might be me and him might be almost the same size. Um, okay. But my opinion, like I want to know, is like, do you think that um because you know a long time ago through boxing history we didn't have a cruiserweight division until like the eighties, the nineteen eighties. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that you know maybe to make the, the um heavyweight pool a little bit bigger to eliminate cruiserweight. Like, you know, we had a Vander Holyfield who really was a cruiserweight that went to heavyweight, like Dwight Muhammad Kari, who went to light heavyweight to cruiserweight to heavyweight. Do you think that maybe they should eliminate the division and maybe uh, bring the more athletic, smaller guys and into the, um, the mix of the heavyweight and just have light heavyweight and heavyweight? No, I don't think so. I never thought of that, actually. But I think that I think the gap is going to be too big between light heavyweight and, and heavyweight. You know, so so I mean, if you have a guy that's almost three hundred pounds, and you have one guy that's like two hundred, <laughs> you know, it's a little it's a little off. When you have divisions that that like some some small guys like this, like three divisions inside of like what is it, maybe like eight to ten pounds. So, yeah. <laughs> so so they could eliminate some of those weight classes. I guess we can say that about Wilder and uh, you know, Fury as heavy as Fury came in. And Wilder was being like what, like two hundred and nineteen pounds at like six well, seven. Yeah, wasn't, he, wasn't Wilder heavier for the, for this fight? Or was no, it? yeah, he was heavier. He was actually like two thirty. The first fight he was two nineteen or two twenty. Yeah. But when Fury came in heavier, and I seen Wilder get hit with a body shot, I start looking like, wow, this is like a, a super middleweight going against a cruiserweight. He literally just got you know knocked around like a like a small man. So I do I do understand what you're saying about. You know, maybe we don't need a 200-pound cruiserweight, you know, that's six feet tall coming in and fighting guys like you that, you know, might get steamrolled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's got to be a big gap. I mean, if, if, if you have 100 pounds of somebody, it's a lot of weight. Now, with, um, you know, now with um, the um, heavyweight division, right, how much, like, real work do you usually, like, do, like, when you run outside? You know, every, you know, heavyweights move different. Then middleweights, like heavyweights, you know, every weight class, they move differently. They require more of a demand. They throw more punches. What would you recommend for a new up-and-coming heavyweight conditioning-wise to, you know, do road work? Like, what would be, like, kind of your recommendation? Yeah, so if I speak for myself, I, I was a good runner when I was younger. 
And even though I was big, I've always been a good runner. But but this last year, I don't run much. I run maybe 10 minutes to warm up before my weight sessions. But other than that, for right now, I'm doing doing the the bike, the stationary bike, and the the cross trainer. And that's because I'm a big guy, and to be running a lot, that's very heavy on your legs and feet. And um, it can hurt more than what it does good. It can be different for smaller guys because they are they are lighter, but you know, just to be running because of the sake of running, it's not very good for a heavyweight, I think. Mm. Uh, there's there's other ways to to work the heart, and that's what I do. You know, my cardio on the bike, the cross trainer, but then the most important thing is boxing. You got to do a lot of boxing because that's what you're gonna fight in. So that's where you get the best conditioning. So you do like so you know um you know me my my opinion too i do feel like kind of your best cardio is like sparring what's your opinion about sparring as conditioning compared to other forms of like strength and conditioning like running swimming biking like what would you rank maybe sparring in that no yeah like i said you you're gonna be in a fight when you actually fight so sparring is the most close you can get to a fight so sparring is a great tool that's that should be emphasized a lot and and more than the other stuff or sparring or whether it's pad work, you know, try to just emulate a fight. And you got to, if you want to be a good uh, runner, you should do a lot of running. And if you want to be a good boxer, you should do a lot of boxing. (laughs) Uh, You know, speaking about running, you know, I hear, you know, we hear it all the time because, you know, you're a fighter, but you're also a fan as well, right? What do you, what do you think when fans say, when they look at a Floyd Mayweather Jr., and they, they, they see him using his ring craftiness, and they call him a runner. What's, what's your opinion when you hear people uh, call a fighter a runner in a close-off ring? What's the first thing that goes in your head when, when you hear people talk like that, especially even commentators? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you look at a guy like Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather he's been a great fighter. And if you, if you see his amateur fights all the way up to this day, I mean, he's been a great fighter and very, very technical he has all the skills in the world, and he can be aggressive too, and that he is sometimes. But he's he's a smart guy. He doesn't take punches, and he's probably still have a sharp mind, even though he had about 50 pro fights. So that's the name of the game. You don't want to get hit too much. Smart man. So I, I think that man. he's just very crafty, and it's not his fault that nobody can keep up with it. Exactly. <laughs> it's a fact. The, idea is not to, the idea is not to get hit. The sweet science. The sweet science. Hit it. Don't get hit. You don't want to be out here sounding like Bugs Money or Elmer Fudd when you talk when you get about 35 <laughs> years old. Like, beneath, beneath, that's all, folks. That's all, folks. Uh, <laughs> um, but now, let me ask you uh, another thing. Uh, what would your advice would you give someone who's becoming just becoming licensed, right, and getting you know all the paperwork they have to do to become a professional you know, fighter, their federal ID, everything, Um Becoming professional. What would be your advice to anybody, no matter the weight class? Uh, advice you'll give to anybody becoming a brand new pro who did not even have their first fight yet and going to have their first fight. What would be your advice? Yeah, I would say that I think most important that you have good people around you to know what fight to take and what fight not to take. And depending on what you want to do in the sport, if you want to be good, you need good people and you need the right fights. You, they can't just throw you in with anybody right away. You gotta, gotta, gotta have some people back you up and and build you up, and you gotta have a good business side team 
and you got to have a, a good boxing team, a training team. 100%. That's I think it's very important to have to have both things. And that when you find a good trainer, uh, be loyal and stay stay with him. If okay. if he wants the best for you, right. try to stay with him. And loyalty. That's a this, fact. This, loyalty. I mean, every every team is different. So sometimes it doesn't work out, and you need to change the trainer. That's fine. But if you have a good trainer, somebody that cares for you, try to try to do what's right and and try to stay with him. Because I think it's a problem with a lot of trainers. They they bring these guys up from when they are kids. Yeah. They they come up to the top level, start making big money, and they switch the trainers. That's and the old trainer that's done all <laughs> this work, he doesn't get anything. I don't right. I don't think that's right. You know? and that's a sad and that's a sad thing too. It's like, um, you know, we know sixty five percent of your fight, I, I would say, probably is your corner, right? You know, and having an active corner that tells you what to do, it kind of comes down what you think to like a fighter really having the ability to listen. A lot of people don't, I don't think, realize that having the ability to listen to proper instruction and not, you know, going back and forth. Because a lot of fighters I do see, the minute they lose or, you know, they get their ass kicked, the first thing they want to do is uh, <laughs> go to this trainer, this trainer, they want to go yeah. to this part of this country and come back. Do you feel that maybe, uh, you know, some great teachers should have maybe um, contracts bound to fighters for a certain amount of fights so they can stay focused and be more accountable? What do you think about it? I, f- I think it's hard because, like I said, if you bring somebody up from when they were a kid, they were a poor kid maybe, you bring him up to be a millionaire and you don't get anything. I think that, I don't think it's right. And trainers are in a very tough position. You know, they don't usually don't have contracts like that. But if, you're, if they become a manager also, maybe they can have it. But I, I'm not sure how it will work. Maybe they can protect themselves better. So, but it's hard, you know. You don't want to. I don't know. It's hard. So, speaking of contracts and deals, what's next on the table for you, Otto Whelan? Like, what, what, what should people on? What should fans be looking for for Otto Whelan next after this whole coronavirus situation goes away? What, what should we be looking for? They should be looking for violence. I've been out for a while now, and I'm, I'm just ready to get back in there. And I'm working very hard, and I've been work, I've been, I have an injury, but I'm recovering from that, and I'm back up boxing again. But I've been training all this time during oh. quarantine, lockdown, everything. So I'm gonna be ready when the time comes. So is anything in the works now? No, no, no names or anything. But maybe a fight in August or somewhere around there. Oh, but good. there's a problem here in New York now because we don't have a gym. So oh, that's right. That's a problem. Yeah, but hopefully right. it will start opening up and and we get easier. Yeah, we see, you in, about we see you in that apartment. We see you in the apartment. We see you in the apartment getting it in. That's a yeah. fact. That's yeah. a fact. So I where do can, what I got to do here. So where can fans follow you and, 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 and follow your movements as out of will? And where can they follow you? Give everybody your yeah, social media handles. You can follow me on, on Facebook, Instagram. It's, it's my name. Uh, I say Uto Valin, but you might say it a little different. But uh, well, you know, it's just it's just my name. Oh man, I should be I should be ashamed of myself too. Me being a, a Volvo owner and, and trying to understand Swedish, you know, uh, <laughs> not your name properly. Right, so yeah, I say the New York way, like Otto Wallen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah I, I think I think that Desmond he really became a fan of mine when I told him that I used to drive a Volvo. Oh, you had an XC90 truck, too. Oh, that was oh, a okay. mix. There's a little Volvos, man. Yeah. Yep. So, so Otto Villain, 
We appreciate you coming on our platform. I try to say it right. And shout out to Sweden, man, because I got a couple of people over in Sweden that um, I deal with that do music as well. So we really appreciate you taking the time to join us on our platform. Yes, thank sir. you, man. Thank we you, wish sir. you all the best, you know, in the coming year. You know, this has been a tough year so far. So we wish you all the best, a speedy recovery. And like we said, man, like you said, we're looking to see you do some more violence in the ring when you get out there. Yeah. Yes, yeah, thank another, you guys another, very much. It was good talking to you. Yes, yeah, thank, thank, thank you, you, man. Thank, thank you, you for the interview. We All appreciate right. it. Okay. All right. All right. Later. All right, so now we're going to get to a five-minute DJ JLJ mini mix, man, and when we come back, we'll get to the rest of the show. Don't forget the number to call in is 516-206-0711. Bars and Hoops Radio, check in with us. Sheila. Tune in the bars and hoops radio. We all standing outside and at all black. Some niggas dressed the best they could in the worn slacks. I don't get along with everybody here, but out of respect, I'ma fall back. So today I ain't on that. I was just gonna sign the book and dip, but you my man, so I'ma give you this last look and shit. Now your mother coming my way For her I'ma act okay But something I don't know what to say My mouth ain't moved for nothing It's wild, I just paused She gave me this long hug and then smiled and said I'm okay, I'm okay. But she ain't mean that I can see she's on a part And that just hit me in my heart They finna start your eulogy Yeah, that part I just flashed back to that park In Brooklyn where we slap box Then took it to the court and slapped backboards Then pushed it to the street Two-hand touch, we played from that car to that car Remember, we go that far back I'm talking little Just happy while you was here I always told you that you official This shit foul, man, blow the whistle Hang my man Jersey in the rafters We gon' miss you Wet tissue as your fam lift you Walk you out the church to the hearse Give you that last lift to That place they gon' forever sit you Below the ground I hold it down And never forget you Pledge allegiance to the flags and the do-rags None of us came up good So we do bad Victims of circumstance, food stands Cash advances from welfare Bullshit healthcare We all we got Look around this house of worship Let's dead this warship We all we got We all we got Look around this house of worship I mean come on to me the Six Paul Bears wearing dicky suits Gangsters from different sides It's like a city truce We was all just kids eating forbidden fruits Some of us branched off But didn't forget our roots Ain't a family in here that you don't belong to A new reason to put on that old suit Damn, Forest Lawn Funeral Home to the adult, got your sis singing a beautiful song Type of shit for you to go home to Damn, tears just racing out Seen a couple frogs taking pictures for the gram This ain't the place to be chasing clout Only fuck with you when you papered out But when you was down, they never came around But we was different, homie, that's a true blessing I'm looking around this church learning a few lessons To the homies who made excuses and didn't come Uh-huh, your absence left a huge presence Real niggas do real things Now we graduated now So we real kings I love you my brother You up in heaven in a Long Beach hoodie Some Chuck Taylors and some ill wings Pledge allegiance to the flags and the do-rags None of us came up good So we do bad Victims of circumstance, full stands Cash advances from welfare Bullshit, health, 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 health,
Shout out to DJ JOJ with that mini mix. You know what I mean? We back to live action. And we got to our little What Happened to That Boy segment. You know what I mean? For real, man. So today's segment, man, we're going to focus on a boxer, famous boxer. You know, shout out to Otto Wellen again for joining us today, man. So we're going to stay in that lane of boxing, man. And today I wanted to shine a light on a famous boxer who doesn't really get the credit that he deserves. So I just wanted to give a little highlight on who he's who he is, what he's doing now, and, you know, give him his props. Give him his flowers while he's still around. So today's subject is Winky Wright, Ronald Lamont Wright. Daz, you know Winky Wright, correct? Yeah, one of the best defensive fighters at middleweight, too. Yes. Uh, Fortune Taylor. Winky and, um, you know, four of the top guys, man. Before Shane Mosley. That's a you fact. Know, uh, Beat the brakes off of Shane Mosley twice. His pro record. <laughs> 12-year career. 58 fights. 51-6-1. 25 KOs. His accolades. 1995, he's the NABF light heavyweight champion. 1999, he was the USBA light middleweight champion. 2001. IBF lightweight middleweight champion 2004 WBA WBC IBF light middleweight champion 2005 he was ranked as the second best active boxer pound for pound 2010 he retired and in 2017 he was inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame now what is Winky Wright doing he owns an independent record label called pound for pound records (laughs) You know what I mean? He has his own promotional company, Winky Promotions, which is in St. Petersburg, Florida, and he's also um, involved in the real estate market. His net worth currently is $8 million. Not everybody gets the uh, Vinnie Johnson paper, but nonetheless, he's still a millionaire. He's still doing his thing, and I wanted to shed light onto him. So for those that, hap- for those that wondered what happened to Winky Wright after he left boxing, that's what he's doing right now. Shout Fellas, out, what's your thoughts? Shout on out that? to Winky Wright too, man, because um, you know, Winky Wright, you know, fighting big guys like Hopkins back in the day and a few people like he fought a lot of top opposition, even at the late of his career, fought Paul Williams. I do yeah. feel like, you know, um Paul Williams. Winky Wright him, Winky Wright definitely deserves more credit than we give him. I mean, he's one of the most underrated middleweights probably of all time. Right. I mean, very defensive master, worked from that high guard. Yes. Um you know, he would counter punch you for days yes. and, and, you know, and, and keep you and keep you, you know, lost. They believe before Trinidad at 154. Yeah, he, beat, he beat Trinidad you know. into retirement. Yep. Facts. He just, he just disappeared overnight. Like, all of a sudden, you see him next to you. Know, it's like, where he at? Now, what, happened, what happened to ooh, Trinidad or Winky? Um, Winky Wright. Well, you know, he fought a lot internationally, man, because he wasn't getting the bag. And, Dad, you could probably tell people a little bit more about that. He didn't have the proper promotion to get him those big fights early, so he fought a lot overseas, internationally. Dad. But you know what's funny about when you fight overseas, a lot of people don't realize, like, and his net worth is not bad at all. People it's don't not. understand, like, to make a million dollars as a boxer, that's like 1% or 2% of the fight fighters. Boxing and MMA make a million dollars, over yeah. a million dollars in a career. Yeah. You have to understand, too, like, and people don't understand, you know, we, you know, we didn't ask Otto that question, you know, of course, because we don't want to get into his business in terms of how much money he made. But we all know, like, a lot of professional fighters, you know, can make $400 their first fight or even make $175. If you're an opponent, you can make $100 for four rounds. You know, you can make, you know, it. it's, it's a hard business. 100%. So going to Europe where you can go to places like Germany 
and fill an arena with 90,000 people, you can get a bigger purse. And, um, you know, especially coming as a name from America, you know, we're starting to see boxing shift to Europe, actually. And people want to fight in the UK. We got the zone. Um, Tevin Farmer's got a bigger payday. He has his own brand, of course. Um, and it's a small move for Winky Wright to go international and then retire. And now he can yeah. spread his brand um, around the world with, with, with new fans. I think, like, any other business, including music or anything involved in entertainment, you got to expand your rise. It's just like how, you know, we're international. You know, yeah. we don't just tailor to just one place, you know, uh, you, you know, yeah, you gotta be for everybody because there's right. people everywhere. And that and this label covers hip hop and rock and roll, by the way. You know what I mean? For those that, that don't nice. know. And he and, and before he retired, he was well into the hip hop community, man. He was in a lot of videos, a lot of movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he lived that life. You know what I'm saying? He, he lived that he life. Didn't fall into, he didn't fall into the Zab trap. Nah. Hell he was no. in uh, state property too, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> 100% yeah, I right. him. I've yep. seen him. He was, in, he was, he like, was like Roy Jones. Like how yeah. Roy Jones was in hip hop. Yeah, but you see, what happened, you see what happened to Roy, right? Yeah, Roy left the shine. At, Roy left that shine on Roy the canvas, man. Guy, he was a boxer. Word the mother, man. So, heading into the rap report, man. Rap, man, set it off. Killer Mike and Ti addressed Atlanta after the protesters man. took to the streets. Talk about it. Okay. About- First and foremost, y'all know that you know because the reason they even addressed the public or addressed us is because of what's been going on with the George Floyd uh, riots and protest that's been going on around the country. Now, Atlanta was a... F- oh, God. Uh, rally. When they brought Killer Mike in. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm, I'm fading out. We hear you, we hear you, we hear you now. Rally. We can hear you now. We hear you now. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> so, Killer Mike got up there. They was asked to come up there by the mayor. He was asked to come up there um, to speak. And I'm telling you, it's one of the most greatest speeches I've ever heard. Powerful. Powerful, real powerful. powerful. I like the fact that he hit, on, he hit on that I have nothing really positive to say. You know what, but, Pop? Why mm-hmm. they did, I was wondering why they didn't, they didn't uh, show T.I.'s speech, but they went straight to Killer Mike. You know why? Because ultimately, T.I., uh, uh, the, the difference between T.I. and Killer Mike, in my perspective, is that Killer Mike is still more of an activist. T.I. is still an artist. I'm not so, trying to hear all them big right. words from T.I. Shout out to like Dad. That's what I'm talking <laughs> Expeditiously tell me what I need to be doing. <laughs> and, retro, and, retro, and retrospect and, to our past. Expeditiously. <laughs> but you, you know what? I feel like Killer Mike, Shout that's, out to that's his thing. He sticks to that, and he's true to that. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I'm not saying that T.I. can't do these things, but at the same time, it's like, you know, who are you more enough to listen to? You listen to the mechanic or you listen to the guy that's in the group telling you about your car? There's always going to be two different two different <laughs> ways about it, and I feel like that's what T.I. is. T.I. lost me, and, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying nothing against it, but, um, you know, uh, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say it. Yeah, I mean, I can say about, you know, the music and, you know, the crime stopper thing, you know, um, you know, I'd rather just listen to Killer Mike. Killer Mike has really been consistent. I like consistency when we have represented, you know, people who, you know, Killer Mike doesn't just talk about like things that happen to us. He also talks about things that can benefit the community, like economics, you know, listen to start listening to Killer Mike's, you know, you know, speeches and when his interviews, Killer Mike's always talking about things that benefit the community. He's always been consistent for years. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I watch. I watch a lot of. Um, I watched um, the Ti the Ti show, and Killer Mike is on there a lot. And um, he, you know, they be driving through the hood. He tries to buy up a lot of property to rent back because low income out. Cola. Huh? 
Crippa Cola and Blood Pop. Like, now nah, I'm listening. To <laughs> I'm going to tell you that. Nah, nah, you <laughs> said that. If you, follow, if you follow him, he helped create a couple of companies for Bloods and Crips. Oh, okay. Crippa That's Cola how I was confused Blood for a minute, but Blood Yeah, he, he, he tries to, um, if what's still said, and, and low-income housing as well. Like, they try to buy the property to keep it black gold. Um down in in Atlanta, Buckhead, where Ti's from, and um, you know, he's very a very big Bernie Sanders advocate as well. Yeah, I'm good with Bernie though. But um, I'm all with Bernie. Feel a burn. Word. But, but um, you still gotta understand that Ti is just like I get it. I know where he's coming from, and he feels he has to speak. But I just, it just, it's just not there for me the way it is for Killer Mike. Nah, Killer, Mike Killer Mike went into some history. Yeah, he went understood. into the fact that the first that the first African American uh, officers of Atlanta. Didn't the the the, uh, the, the, the white eight. didn't even want to get dressed with Facts. them, so they had to go to YMCA to get dressed. Talk like I mean, it. that's what he's good for, you yes. know. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's deep. He's deep. He's deep. He's Pop, deep. That's, that's I, that speech was a powerful speech. He bro. made me want to want to listen to him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And granddaddy, like, okay, I'm gonna hear him out, and then I'm gonna turn. Said, My granddaddy was an officer. You know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. didn't know he had family. He in said his sportsman. He said his granddaddy, his cousin, Lord he said mother. his brother, yeah, his, his brother. Ah, so. They had to put him up there, and he didn't want to do it because I think in his mind he didn't want to look at at it as him being the token black guy that they put on on the camera to talk to our people to calm us down. I think that's why he said yeah. what he said, that they had to force me to do this. Yeah, you know he said, I, mean? I don't want to do it. And still, you know, the yeah. um, thing about it, too, I like I respect about Killing Mike, too. He's never been the artist to me that, you know, just wants to show up when it's convenient and wear T-shirts and just do photo ops. Nah. I just think that's not that's never been him. Nah, he's an activist for real. Like it ain't no faking with him. He he he's 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 about that trying to change legislation and all of that, man. His approach sometimes is is you know it's harsh, but he means well and he means business, kid. He don't. It ain't no faking with him. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, I me, give, I'm not I riding with Bernie, but I don't. I don't. Quick shout him. out to my man. I want to give a quick shout out to my man Terrence because. Him and, him and Killer Mike are like twins. Shout out to Triple Barkley, my man them Terrence. Yes, sir. <laughs> Word up, Triple B. My man T. Griffin, <laughs> I'm a twin, man. Word. Like, like, I just see them looking like each other like, yo, dude, this is crazy. Man. You know how T talk, oh, you want the smoke on the court? You want the smoke on the court? Nah, let me see. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know. But, Zai, talk about this uh, versus situation, man. Bounty Killer. Season oh, increase in boy. sales. And IG followers. Yeah, um, Swiss Beats and Timberland's been approached by a couple of people after the success of the Bounty ki- the Bounty Killer uh, and um, the Verses. Um, <laughs> from what I understand, they've been offered a, a few million dollars, oh. and they turned it down. They turned it down. Oh, fa- they turned it down in favor of them. Owning it themselves, being black owned. You see, this is what I was saying from the beginning. It's like they commercialized it. Like it started out as fun. But once they said that they didn't sell part of it, so it's like, damn, it was created to make money. And I'm not mad. It was don't say it's for the culture then. Don't not, make not, it seem like it's for the culture. Because listen, everything is Hollywood with that. Go ahead. But but listen, they 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 also said they never got one cent for it, but they're they planning. They on, one cent. But they're planning on getting money off of it. Well, their plan, their plan actually is for them to keep it black owned. But they're planning on getting money off of it. Well, listen, and I hate, and you know what? 
I hate whether they get money. Go ahead, sir. No, no, no. And and you know what? Because Nori touched on this when um he interviewed Swiss and Timberland, and I didn't like the fact that Nori, out of his mouth, said that. You know what, man? I see a lot of outlets out there trying to do versus battles. If it ain't sponsored by Swiss and Timberland, don't support it. And this is the yeah, same. This is the same mentality that the industry had all along. This is why I never was really pressed to be a part of nobody's team in the industry because people in the industry carry that same mentality. Like, nah, I don't want you to be able to get in. I want you to stay on the outskirts while I Greedy. eat while I'm in here. Greedy. You know what it's I'm saying? Polit- it's politics too. It's like it's like a power trip. It's like, well, if you're not part of my crew and my gang over here, yeah. then we're not going to let you in because you, you got to do how I got into the industry. You got to get yeah. initiated how I got initiated. You can't come over here with those people because we're not going to support it, which Y'all kills the whole art form. And I it hate people awesome. like that, man. I hate people like that. Man. They do it. And it's and wrong. Well, yeah, you wrong. know, it's, it's those people that say, well, you didn't you didn't do what I, you didn't go through what I had to go through man. to get where I'm at. You know? That's like when, when so, Pop and Courtney first introduced me to Reasons. Like, I knew a lot of guys that was already in the industry. They use MPCs. They use ASR 10s, ASR X, and they would shit on me. Like, oh, you using that? You just pressing buttons? Uh, uh, like, yo, this is the new wave right here. This is cutting the workflow in half. Like, you could sit there and do all of that. With half. You and I'm doing it just as fast as you. You know, you know yes, what's so sir. bad about it too. It's not even just a hip hop thing; it's a world thing too. Because it's like we had, um, you know, me experiencing in, in, in boxing. It's the same thing that applies. Like, and I'm glad that you know we had the, the previous guest, Otto Wallin, uh, talk Shout about Joey Gamach. Joey Gamach was one of the first few people to really give me a lot of support being in the ring because a lot of people thought die and belong there because I started late. And it's that same mentality. It's like, well, you didn't start here when you were 10 years old, but you move as good as me. And you're spawning professional fighters, so but you still don't belong here. But when you know, so you, it kind of like music. You kind of just have to get with people that you can vibe with yeah. and make quality, and that's gonna keep the art form going. Facts, man, and I hate that, man. And, and you know, guy, pop, you gonna say something? I, yeah, I gotta say though, even though we don't like how they're doing it, it's been some pretty good damn battles coming up out of yeah it's been great front. it's been great the whole uh, thing is yeah. the whole thing is i i don't agree yeah. i mean i do agree with them keeping it black see, see. <laughs> because because it's a reason it's a reason why these dudes see these people come in and monopolize everything that we have already who gives it to them i'm not i'm not Us. mad at that listen we start it they buy it we sell it i'm not mad at them for for trying to keep it in the culture, but don't front like they wasn't trying to make money off it. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> they can't front and, and like even with guys like Nori, like trying to say that anybody else doing verses after them is basically biting. That's like you could say that about podcasts. You could say that about park jams. Back in the days Ooh. when hip hop started, it started in the park yep. in the Bronx. So when people started doing it in Queens, what, it's not authentic hip-hop because it didn't start in the Bronx in the park? Like, 100%. come on, man. Get the hell out of here with that shit, it's just man. Like, it's just like, you know, like like basketball being, you know, being here, and now we got guys from other parts of the world where basketball wasn't popular. Now they can handle, now they're scoring, now they're getting in the league, and we mad because yeah. the all form and the sport has went all the way across the it world. Evolved. We, we got to evolve. Yeah. We're global. Facts. Yeah, man. Hip-hop and- came out of nowhere. You know, hip-hop wasn't, mm-hmm. 
Hip hop wasn't supposed to last as long. They gave hip hop three, four years before they said, "Oh, it'll fade out. It'll fade out. It's nothing. It's just a phase that these kids is going through." Look Yo, but you know what? Uh-huh. You are my honest, but bizarre. A lot of a lot of the music genres started that way. When you think about uh blue, not really blues. When you think about Motown. When you think about rock and roll. When you think, especially hard rock. They was like, oh, these kids are just rock and roll. They're like banging their heads on guitars and stuff. It's going to be a rap. Look at it. To this day, it's still popping. We yeah. got to definitely give hip-hop its props, but we, we got to look at it like this. They could have easily negotiated a deal and just ne- and been like, you know what? We're going to sell 50% of it, and the other 50% we on the board, so we make but you, it. But you know what? Exactly. That's you know, it. Pop, pop, you know what I was saying, too? And we, and we can talk about hip-hop. Like, I was watching something on um, YouTube, and like the real origins of hip-hop were different melodies that was in blues. And like rhyming, and you know, our art form goes all the way back to the 1940s and 30s. We can't really get ma- mad at the mainstream and cultural interest oh. and really explain our, our art form. We, we got a caller. We got a caller. Bars and Hoops Radio. Who's this? Hi, it's Adina. Edie, I mean, what's up? Hey, hey how y'all Good. doing? We good. We good. What's going on? How you doing? How y'all doing? I was just right. calling in regards to I and Mike. Uh-huh. How I look at it is I, I think Mike Tyson will do good in the ring. He has had stem cell therapy. He's been on a plant-based diet for 10 years. His body is running on good fuel. Look at Mike. He's like, uh, I would compare him to a frying pan. Like, look at a new frying pan. It'll fry some chicken. It'll do good, but it won't compare to a cast iron frying pan. You know, that's, yeah. that's something that's been <laughs> for years. Don't you know be, what I'm saying? Don't be talking about food with this it, cast. It just, it just, it, it, it don't add up. I, I see people run up on Kimbo's slice in the street. Rest but in nobody peace Kimbo. has ever ran up on Iron Mike. Oh, nah. I'm going to so, say this, too, and, and, and I do agree with you, you know, to a certain extent. Um, I can see Mike Tyson... Not beating the elite, but maybe like uh, you know, a lower contender or mid level guy. I still, you know, even though he's in better shape, you know, but after decades of bad habits, I do feel you follow Tyrus a lot and I don't think his nervous system is there yet. You know, better than Holyfield. Holyfield looks like an old man. Tyson wow. still kinda looks youthful. Wow. You know, I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm not disrespecting the van of Holyfield. Wow. But I do feel I don't think I would want to see him take that type of risk. I don't think he could even deal with a with a right now who Lewis Ortiz, in my opinion, is fifty years old. I think he would give Mike Tyson a very, very hard, you know, hard fight being game. You know, I, I think that him doing charity, him doing pro wrestling right now, um, you know, let him get his money and I think he had his time. He had his era, you know, and it's just like even fighters like that's around my age in their thirties, going to mid thirties, their time is, you know, kind of ticking down you know you got these guys that are just more younger more gamer and they can they recover quicker even if you're in shape when the older you get your recovery goes down even though you might you know last thing you lose is your punch you know we see these videos but yeah. nothing's yeah. punching back at him yeah. that's the, that's what we have yeah. to question Boy, we don't want to see him and we don't back. see I don't want to. Pad, pad work can be very deceiving. Like I can look like a killer. I can look like Muhammad Ali on pads. But the problem is, is that it's different when someone's punching at you, and you know how do you respond? You know, at the end of the day, so you know, he, and we, I don't want to see Mike Tyson go out like that so he, and re- really go to his head and try to be a contender again. And I'm gonna let Edie respond because we got about 20 minutes left in the show. Go ahead, Edie. I would. I wouldn't want to see him lose his legacy either. You understand? Because it was nothing better than seeing Mike Tyson fight, even if it was for two minutes. You know, exactly. but I think if he's exactly. going to get in there with somebody his age, he's going to do good. Yeah, 
absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to see him, you know, even as bad and flawed as Deontay Wilder is. That would be a very dangerous fight because of the height difference and, and, the, and that power. He'll come out of weave and get caught. I, I, I just don't want his legacy. He was he had his error. You know, like Roy Jones fought too long. You know, but our Hopkins got knocked out the ring at 53 years old. I mean, 52 years old. I don't want to see that happen to Holyfield, James Tony. um, you know, a lot of these fighters that are trying to come back. I don't want to see Lennox Lewis. Lennox Lewis. You say you know, Mike Tyson, though. Word. Wait a minute, Mike, I mean, Mike Tyson. Man, but I'm Mike, watching but, you. But Mike Tyson, my thing about it is that looking at the end of his career and his late 30s, I don't, I don't see anything that's really going to change at 50, 53 years old. I, I mean, I think that risk is too dangerous. I think. You know, charity exhibitions. Yeah, I want to see him fight Shannon Briggs for exhibition. Exhibitions are safe. There's no record on line. You know, guys don't get hurt too bad. You know, but we still get to see what Mike can do. I don't want to see him try to be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to be 54 years old, 55 years old. I want to go uh, fight you, Spec. No, nah, I, I don't, I don't want to see that. Wow. Nah. Anything else you want to add? Nope. I love y'all. Love you, too. Thank you, love you too. Thank you so much for calling. All right. So now we're talking about versus battles. We're talking about people getting back down, you know, finding something in the basement. You have Bun B from UGK asking why, or or for pretty much telling people why a battle between them and 8-Ball and MJG would be great for versus. And before you move into that, Pop, we just want to also put out there. Now, we're going to get back to that. But Uh Swiss and Timberland, they also implemented new rules. Within the versus yeah. community, because of the bumbling and stumbling that has been going on with Teddy Riley, Nelly, One Twelve, no, who was it? Jagged Edge. They're not using the technology that they're mandating people to now use moving forward. Go ahead, Pop. Yeah. So wait a minute. I gotta say that sounds like. I mean, hey, you're talking about they ain't doing it for no money. This but is what some, I'm saying. Oh, now you gotta have this. this I'm is sorry. What I'm, I'm gonna just keep it at that. This is what but, I'm but, saying. But they gave them the tech- <laughs> they gave them the technology that would make them sound the best. But they said they wasn't using it, it went at a price. Exactly. So yes. they, they, probably, they probably got sponsored oh, for those Lord. high rigs, whatever go, they man. giving them. But go ahead, pop. <laughs> so I gotta say, um. Bun B was advocating for UGK and A Bull and MJB, MJG to be the next battle. And I'm going to say, as Pop the Bearded One, I'm paying for that. What? I, yeah, I'm not. Oh, my God. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not watching that. Hold on. I'm going to tell you. I'm gonna let's, tell get, you this. let's get something straight here. Hold I'm on. Before, I'm going to tell you wait, this whole time, Pop. In my, in my musical history, I've listened to not one MJG song. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. You're both they wrong. They fans, though. They have fans. <laughs> You'd be ashamed of yourself because there's wow. a couple of eight ball and MJG songs out there that are fire. Yeah, you j- remember, this is the South now. They represent the deep South. They don't represent Atlanta, the cities and everything. They Where represent Tennessee. What are they Texas. Just, they represent they some Houston. They represent some of these areas where when you've seen, um, you've seen, um, uh, Oh man, what what was that my movie with uh, Terrence Howard? I just had it on Memphis, tip of my Tennessee. tongue. Hustle, hustle, and flow. Hustle, and flow. hustle and flow. Shout out to Daz. That's what they represent. That <laughs> dirty, that screw <laughs> music. But let me tell you, Pop. <laughs> my man DJ trick. sound all of them. Let me say something. Let me say something, Pop. Let me say something, Pop. This from the nose hunter, and I don't care anybody upset. Right, Dez, uh-huh. I don't. You, you being from New York, UGK never did nothing for me, and. 
you know, people that I see listening to UGK wear plaid shorts and 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 five X T shirts <laughs> and oh, white Air Forces. Man. I don't listen Whoop to that. Whoop that trick! Whoop that trick! <laughs> Yo, Whoop listen, DJ was nice, kid. <laughs> listen, listen. When y'all hear when y'all hear eight ball and MJG, and we talking about eight ball and M, do you know at one point towards the towards I want I want to say the end of their career, but definitely there was a point where there's part of Bad Boy South. Do y'all remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember that, but I still didn't listen to the music. Are you kidding me? I get you didn't. You didn't hear none of that bump. And see, this is what I mean. You do, y'all dudes' ears is closed, man. Y'all Dude, I don't. I don't drink. I don't drink lean. I don't listen to that. Like you don't, but you don't need to to understand <laughs> it and to really like it. Let's I don't eat barbecue every day. I don't eat barbecue all day. I don't drink oh, scissors. Yeah, you trying to call niggas that? Yo, Zach, yeah, that, right? You get that? You get that? You Zach? Go ahead, Zach. I'm gonna tell you. I'm, I'm gonna tell you this one more time. <laughs> when it comes down to when it comes down to UGK in Texas, remember, remember when and when it comes down to A Ball and MJD in Tennessee, these guys are icons where they from. It would make no sense to and, and not for nothing when it comes to the hits and to the music, they are definitely on the same level. I would love to see this. I would pay to see this. Ahead, There's si. certain battles that I would love to see, and this <laughs> is one of them. Wow. Y'all can laugh if y'all want to. Go ahead, si. Go ahead, si. Well, we we got um me, I listen to I listen to music because it's good. I'm not I'm not one of those because I'm from New York type of guys. I listen. It could be Tennessee, L.A., whatever. I just didn't vibe or hear enough of a boy named MJG. Now, one of their names is Project Pat. Am I wrong? Am I no. wrong? Nah, Hell. Man. All right, then not. I, I didn't. Then, then, I, then I never heard. Of them. I, heard, know, I, I didn't hear no songs from the name, but um. They could be whack, they could be ill, but like I, but like you said, but like you said, but like you said, they're they're great where they're from. See, we're from somewhere no, different. Still, so could I just play like something real quick? Go ahead, man, real quick. Are we gonna oh, move into? If I play we gonna move into switching oh, edition oh, next. Oh, yeah. Joj, you got those oh, songs God. ready? Listen, I'm gonna tell y'all right now. Man, <laughs> y'all cannot, y'all cannot say, like y'all cannot say that this is one. Listen to this real quick. Yo. No, we don't want to hear that. You you must have you must you must have a box Chevy in your that. yard or something. We got that we got that Swisher edition next. Pop got a whole pop got a whole point. Yeah, I'm not listen. Man, the moment you all been waiting for collaboration. Come on now, I can't front on this. Let's go, stop. Let's go. From the mouth, spit it how I live it, keep it gutter. That's how we get down. I wanna see you get it bro. Let a nigga know what good you from. Everybody with me drunk as fuck. Break it down and roll it up. Bag it up. A girl like you, a nigga like me can't pass it up. Roll it by. Put it in reverse and bag it up. What's the deal? Let me make it clear. What you got right here? They broke the mold. One of a kind. Fat boy with a gold mouth. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. We got a mute pop because he going in over there. It's yeah, a whole lot real, of chicken, man. a whole lot of chicken and liquor drinking. Listen me, to that right let me, there. Let me tell you something. If but, I drove a 96 yeah. Pontiac Bonneville on 24s, then yeah, maybe I would. Going to the bar for that, Y'all should be ashamed of yourself thinking like that. Yo, we go to the the Switching Edition segment. J.O.J., set us off with the Switching Edition, man. Check it out. Get into it. Is he there? J.O.J., are you there? I think he's muted, gentlemen. 
J.O., J.O., you there? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Jay Riley. Unmute him. He, he shouldn't be muted. J.O., Jay Riley. There you go. For that MG, uh, that UGK. Yeah, he did. Jay, you there? <laughs> Uh-oh. What's the song? What we playing, Jay? What's that? What's the song? Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh God. Come on, get it together now. All right. Well, I guess I guess that I I I'll, I'll introduce what we doing with this joint, man. Word. So, first on the list for the Swisher the Dishes segment, man. We got um. <laughs> we got uh. It ain't them ball in the eight. Nah, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't a ball, ball in MJG. MJG. Nah, man. Y'all need to cut it out. It ain't Y'all a ball all... in MJG. <laughs> you heard, man. <laughs> the first joint. Now, that we now got. I want Waffle House. Waffle House. Waffle House too. Oh, Waffle God. House is too good for them. Yo. All right, man. So the first joint on Switch to the Dish, man, it's called Star Jella. You know what I mean? Shout out to Queens, man. It's called Come to Queens, man. You know what I mean? We got to support. Local artists and good music, man. So I'm going to play about the first verse of this, man. You know what I mean? Eventually with Swish It Edition, man, we're going to start playing the whole song so that we can really judge it for the whole body of work and not just playing one snippet and then coming to a conclusion because you miss a lot of good parts of it. You know what I'm saying? So first on the list is Star Jella, Come to Queens. Check it out. This time around, we back. Come to Queens with me, where I always got something up my sleeve with me. I got what you need, hit me, fuck the new Yeezys. I boost you up like a 350. I section hoes by the credit scores. Never linked, we never met before. Plus, I doubt that I would get involved. Plus, I doubt that you could get it all. My shooter catch a stain with a different clothes. He keeps scrubbing till he get it all. Uh, red dot, green dot, one, two, three. If it walk through Queens, then it run through me. See, what actually happened, I'm actually rapping. And of course, these niggas movies, but it's never no action. So now, I write the script, but I don't rap with no actors. I don't chat with no snappers. I don't try to go backwards. I'm gonna chat with the visas. I'm gonna chat with the masters. Y'all rather do a time, cause she was back for a plastic. She was trying to save money to Go back for a bachelor's Please niggas get the money I don't rap for the cash gym Rap for the 10 block Tied till we meet again Benz till it's a Benz Then I'm leaning and it's me again What's your thoughts on that, gentlemen? What's your thoughts on that? I well, give it a five Swish it Nah, we not doing it We going And we going to start doing what it's called Swish it or dish it Swishing that or you dishing that? Swish I'm stepping back to the three-point, swishing it. It gets play in this ride. Zah, what you doing with it? Take yourself off mute. Cross over to the free throw line, pull up. Swishing that? I'm swishing yep. that as well, man. Word. The next song. Hey, 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 I'm swishing it too, man. Oh, JLJ, you there? <laughs> oh, we thought we lost you. Word the mother. Shout no, out the to music, JLJ. The music was bugging out. That's why I was like, I, I, I didn't. 
And then I, I was going to talk on a mic, so. Oh, man. Instead of you. Hey, yo, Jay Riley. All right, so, Jay, yeah, you, yeah, you, ready, you ready? You got the next one, the A1? Large Pupils <laughs> featuring Spit Jam? Uh, I'll try, I'll try. All right, let's go. Shout it's out on to mute. It's on mute. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm a prophet and a liar, a prophet analyzer, vandalizer, shattered at night to see you playing live. Please, MacGyver, tell your problem, I will fix him with the quickness. When you lose a draw, you feel a victim. I'm off the Richter, you're better off trying to pull the shades off a Richter at a light show. That's light though, light though. We spent on train fare to get right though. It's all right, and my soul for a black cup. I'm off the century short, I'm trying to go it all back. Know the map like I know the back side of my queen. Know the facts, so you fold your last dollar through a thing. Queens, ain't no dream, just comfortable nightmare. Then we come up under my pillars, nothing crumbling, stupid. You ain't saying nothing, there's nothing under your lyrics. I spit it, they get dumb when they hear it. When you spit it, they get dumb when they hear it. You stack a hundred and never to vote, 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 Boy, I'm switching that half court buzzer beater. Daz, what you doing with that? Dunking it, man. Switch. Switch. Zai, what you doing with that? I'm feeling that. I like the old school vibes on there. I'm good. We swishing that. Pop, what's your thoughts on that? Super swishing that, kid. That's a that's a jump shot right there. And shout out to the Asian community. You know what I'm saying? Word up. A1 is Asian for those that don't know. He's spitting it like he blacker than Nat King. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Word the mother, man. Shout out to Queen. Shout out to... uh. Shout out to Mr. Meg, bro. For real. Oh, God. We don't share the same hey, things as Pop. Shout out to Main Street. Shout the mother. For real. Shout out to Main Street. What we got next, JLJ? You got that? You got that P-Rock in Camp Low? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Featuring yeah. Talib Kweli. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, introducing eighty block, and then eighty interlude. I'm in the mood. I'm a royal to auto. Hit eighty seven on cruise. The Remy making her ooze. Slip off the shoes. Me shooting the sun. I'm through the lens of the tomb. I'm in a rhythm machine, and they fall in. Freakish love pieces of a dream. I'm recalling. Kiss my double barrel, cause the DJ lean is clean. LTD is G five. Limited orchestra. She addicted to Barry White. Keep strawberry pills forever. Bullets is a slash. Him and if I ask, be X Mass Crusaders and they defeat the Walker, me and Layla in Washington, underneath the moon. Ladies and and I beat his bonkers, boy. And the balls was hard, man. I'm switching that. Dad, what you doing with that? I'm switching it. Zai, what you doing with that? Swishing. Pop, what you doing with that? I'm dishing that. What? <laughs> dishing. You gotta be. You gotta be the one eyeball. Pass it on. Pop is wild. He really be doing dancing. Word. Jay, what you doing with that? Swishing that. He bugging. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jay. You got the last song on the list. Listen to some age. That's that Styles P. Hundred. No doubt. <laughs> 
Thank you. Money gets stolen, rolling jays, take a hundred bucks. Hundred wolves love me, that's what keeping in the hundred does. So then the hood gave plays for a hundred bucks. Now it's legal money, so I'm looking for a hundred plugs. Poppin' champagne like a one something. Be the free of predator, the hunt something. Have you sat on your ass or have you done something? Do you stay out the way or do you love something? We have played the beach and watch the waves hit. Long way from moving cocaine at the day's end. Any other motel, waiting on the dope sale. Hammer in my coat when it's cold, that was so ill. That don't even makes, 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 Next week we playing the whole songs, word. But from what I heard so far, I'm switching that. Shout out to SP man, Style P. You know what I mean? Daz, what you doing with that? I'm switching that. I'm switching. Zai, what you doing with that? I'm switching that. That's hard. Pause. Pop, what you doing? <laughs> I'm switching that. I, you know, Style P is my man. I'm switching that. So it's because he's your man, or you like it? Nah, yeah, I like exactly. the, I like the song. Right, the song right. is fine. Yeah, right. You just had to make sure, okay? You know what I'm saying? J O J. Really? Damn! <laughs> Jay, what you doing, that, Jay? I'm swishing that man. Style Speed been on a tear lately. If you haven't noticed, that's a fact. Lost a lot of weight. Shout out to his juice ball. He he inspiring me to lose some weight. I ain't no doing vegetables, it yet. please. <laughs> no vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get a sausage smoothie. <laughs> yo, but yo, man. A yo. shot of bacon grease. Yo, man, before we get out of here, man, before we get into the good word, man, I want to shout y'all out, man, for a good show, man. Shout out to Dads for pulling the Out of Welling thing through. Shout out to Out of Welling for even yes, coming in and chopping it up with us, man. You know what I mean? We appreciate it, man. So, Pop. Ato Valine. Ato Valine, word, for real. He told me something today. You know what I mean? Because when you seen it in China, and it definitely said V at the end, not W. But, word. you know what I mean? But, Pop, take us out of here with the good word. All right, here we go, man. You know, we had a very tumultuous week, very, very, a lot of things going on. And, you know, I want to let the people know I'm standing with them. I'm standing with all my African-American brothers. You know how we do. We getting it in. Man. Um, What I want to say is the past is a place of reference, not a place of residence. And what that means is, is, you know, we also we all got to know our past. We got to know what's, what's going on before us. But it doesn't mean we got to live and we got to stay there. Obviously, we do know what our ancestors went through and everything that, they, that they've gone through to get where we at now. But now that we're, we are here, we got to use that as reference and not stay there forever, but move forward. 100%. So let's start thinking about moving forward. 100%. Bars and Who's Radio. Love yourself and love what you do. Word up, man. And, and, and shout out to the team, man. And shout out to Bars and Hoops Radio. For those that don't want to check in with us, man, you can download the Bars and Hoops Radio app on all major platforms for Android users, for iPhone users. Make sure you visit the site daily, www.barsandhoopsradio.com. And make sure you participate in our hip-hop brackets, man. We're going to introduce yes, the hip-hop brackets officially next week on the Oddcast show with myself and Ali Vegas. You know what I mean? 64 songs. Only one can come out on top. You know what I mean? So make sure you tune in for that and make sure you tune in next week 
And I'm inviting you fellas to be a part of the conversation that we're going to have next week, Friday, on the podcast as well, man. We're going to have the cast of um, Modern Day Slavery, you know, chop it up with us about the current events that's happening across the country. It should be yeah. a powerful show. You know, we got to educate our people. We got to make sure that everybody's on their deem because right now the chips are stacked against us. And as you can see, they continuously are killing us. And shout out to LeBron James for being the person that he is to come out again and tweet, why doesn't America love us? You know what I mean? So on that note, Steals the Great, Pop the Bearded One. Let's get it. Des Ware. Two Piece. Zah Flair. Yo. And DJ J.O.J. We are Bars yes, and Hoops. Sir. We are Bars and Hoops Radio. Sign